Hailing frequencies are open. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Clear Skies, our Star Trek Adventures live play that we are doing remotely because the world is burning around us. Yay! Okay, so anyway, <laughs> uh, how's everybody doing tonight? It's good to see you, crew. Always good to reunite with you guys uh, every week. Um, we hope you guys are doing well and keeping healthy and staying safe. Um, we want to start things off tonight by getting through any of our announcements, and I think we had... A few, didn't we? Didn't we have does anybody have any announcements today? Xander, you had a big show announcement happen on Twitter yeah. today. Yeah. Yep. That's Tell what me I about it. About. Yeah. So um D D Live is still going on. We're uh pivoting and doing a bunch of stuff online. Uh and one of them is a campaign that I'm a part of, and it's a reality show on Instagram where we're playing characters from the upcoming uh module. So we're actually D D characters that you'll read about. Um, and we're uh, inhabiting their Instagrams, and you'll have to uh, sort of interact with us in sort of mysteries and in, as an alternate reality game. So I'm very excited. That's this weekend. Uh, just follow at D and D Wizards on Instagram. Is the um, is the whole D and D live event this coming weekend? Yes, I believe oh, so. Okay, cool. Live streams happening throughout the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I see right that Deborah's going to be playing with a bunch of yeah. like celebrity cast members? Man, yeah. I miss Deborah. She oh, is so cool. Yeah, we did. Um, we had a, a roll twenty sort of session together where we just sat and played games. It was the intention, but we just chatted because that's right. what we yeah. did. <laughs> we failed really bad at the game part. We were just like yeah. three hours later. We're like, oh, we haven't played anything. <laughs> <laughs> considering, can I, yeah. I just gotta say that considering like the depth of her performances in Punisher and Daredevil, and the the manic like passionate performance of uh, her vampire. Like every time I, when I was going to meet Deborah Ann Wall, I assumed immediately that she was going to be someone who, at least in the back of her brain, carried those that those sort of emote. Like you would see the like a see a, a, like a, just a shred of that performance lingering somewhere around. Like she would be moody or something, you know. And she she is congealed sunlight in a pair of tennis shoes. Like she just she she all she is is she's just like pure joy. She's all, yeah. I don't. It's so rare to see her when she's not smiling. She's going to have a permanent crease on her face when she becomes an older lady. It's just going to, she's just always smiling. Always, always smiling. Um, it's going to be. One of those things is if someone isn't already smiling. So you'll never see it because she'll just always be smiling. Speaking of somebody who's always smiling, I'm just pointing you out, Sam, because you started speaking up. Um, <laughs> does anybody else have any other announcements that they want to make before we jump into tonight's episode? My God, I was about to say, Bonnie's not gonna say anything? Okay, oh, are you saying something, Bonnie? I am. Um, first of all, I can see you all very well. I apologize in advance if my eyes scare anyone. Um, they're a little bloody, but I had surgery and uh, I, um, I will not have technical difficulties, but my my camera will go off sporadically throughout the game. Please don't panic, it's just me putting traps in my eyes. Um, <laughs> and with that being said, uh, I will also be posting a new video, hopefully by the end of this week. Um, um, new music video. Sweet. Mashup. I'm Yay. I'm getting my box of props delivered to me tomorrow because it's that intense. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did I, real quick, before before we jump into the episode, um, did I hear correctly that we got some fan mail? Is that correct? Did I hear that? Or did I hear somebody saying we did? Because we, if you, so we can, what would you guys rather do? Should we do this before the episode or would you guys like to do it when we're on a wrap up? Uh, well, it was just um, we wanted to acknowledge us getting these because it seems okay. like a, a prototype uh, from Rick Osborne who sent these over. And oh. just to help out, 
uh, sort of communicating damage and things like that. There are cards that he had printed, and it seems like they're custom designed. So no shit. Try to, to spread those around to, to okay. maybe help out. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Okay, cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see them. Me too. Um, uh, all right. Uh, I, have, I, have, have I, have, I have an announcement, sir. Sir? <laughs> um, so Sam and I are up to some shenanigans tomorrow morning. Uh, usually you find Sam hosting their own show, Morning People, at 8 a.m., and then I follow up with Aki Takis and Tea at uh, 9.30, but we have decided to co-join our streams and we are going to instead be hosting Shanna Germain of Monty Cook Games in a discussion of Invisible Sun, where we will also be raising funds for the LGBTQ Freedom Fund. So if you wanna come celebrate Wrath with us and also talk about a kick-ass game, join us tomorrow on my channel, Shidare Aki at 8 a.m. Pacific uh, Daylight Savings Time. And uh, we're gonna have a real good, good time. It's gonna be a lot of fun because Sam and I are constantly on our Invisible Sun bush bullshit. And now you actually get to see what that means. Oh, Happy and- uh, Happy Happy uh, Yes. <laughs> and instead of instead of my usual Friday Aki Takis and Tea, I am instead going to be doing D&D Community with Roll20 on the D&D channel at 10.45 a.m. over on the D&D channel. Sweet. Yeah. Yay. Uh, the only announcement I have is um, waiting for one final announcement. I think we normally have a final announcement. Mm. I, have to, I have to make space for it. Um, <laughs> <okay>? <laughs> yes. I mean, I can hold. Like, I can do it next week. Do it. Do it. Do it now. Uh, okay. Um, I'm excited. Let's go ahead and jump into tonight's episode of Clear Skies. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, one of these days, we're going to need to compile a, a, like a clipped video of the conversations that happened between our credit sequence. <laughs> no, we pack, a, <laughs> we pack a lot in in like a minute thirty. We I do. Mean, I'm, we, I'm we very impressed. As as possible. <laughs> um, jumping into tonight's episode pretty quick because we have a lot to cover. Mostly, what happened in the last episode is a quick recap: is during a mission infiltrating what is the remains of the Orion Crime Syndicate. 
The crew of the USS Ross has found themselves slightly entangled in what seems to be a faction war. And the whole reason they're here in the first place was because apparently some very suspicious orders came down the pipe from Starfleet Command in which with in conjunction with agents from the Dominion, they are being sent into Orion territory, what is left of Orion Syndicate territory here in the Beta Quadrant in order to retrieve what would appear to be a changeling or a founder who has been here since the end of the Dominion War. And it has since become clear to Captain Azari Saul that this changeling was the changeling that they were rooting out when they helped bring down the crime syndicate at the end of the Dominion War. So for six years, this changeling has apparently been lingering here in the quadrant doing God's know what and committing God's know what kind of crimes, getting into what kind of manipulation, it's hard to say. But Starfleet has a general idea of the sheer, the, uh, the, the damage a changeling can do in a short amount of time through its skills of espionage are incalculable and almost brought down Starfleet command at the beginning of the war. As you all remember, if you've seen DS9, if not, it's a great episode. I'd definitely check it out. It's one of the turning points of Star Trek, totally worth watching. Um, on top of all of this happening, Commander Exio has taken it upon herself to commit to an infiltration mission with the permission of Captain Azari Sull. Now, as you all know, Captain Commander Exio is a unique life form. She is a hologram. And as a hologram, she actually possesses some skills that are quite unique that a changeling can't replicate. For example, she does not appear on life scans. And she can also assume the shape of just about any humanoid being she wants by giving them a once over. Um, she also has a psychology program allowing her to function as ship's counselor, which also comes in quite handy when you're looking to impersonate everyone you come across. Um, in other words, it's a good thing that Exio is a good guy. <laughs> and she has been set loose in the what's left of the Syndicate's base. You, of course, also have made contact um, with an ally? A new Orion ally? Question mark. Named Taraz. He's sexy, and, though. <laughs> and uh, he, is, he is rather attractive, yes. Just because um, they're attractive does not mean they're an ally. <laughs> It's very true. And this is a conversation that happened once before with a very, 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 very similar Orion um, in another series, but we will, uh, uh, I don't know what y'all are talking about. It doesn't um, seem similar to me, it seems incredibly legally distinct. Exactly. Um, Thraz also has a few um, compatriots with him. One Sprack, who is apparently a Ferengi trader, who was a daemon at some point and no longer is. His story is not clear. And then of course, Guz, who is a very large, very friendly Gorn with a some kind of mini weapon, mini gun weapon that he carries around like a log on his shoulder. Um, all of this to say is they're trying to track down and help into faction war while all of this is happening. On top of all of that, on top of all of that, there is of course the presence of a Vorda and the Vorda's two Jim Hadar bodyguards on board the USS Ross right now. Um, there is also apparently a periodic neutron radiation surge that has been detected sporadically during the travels of the USS Ross. And it's gotten to the point where the crew is formulating a theory that it is a cloaked ship of some kind. The suspicion is that it's Romulan, but nothing is conclusive. Only that there is a cloaked vessel out there. Um, 
currently right now in charge of the ship is Lieutenant Commander Yeri Prawl, who has been trying to formulate a plan of how to uncover this cloaked ship. But in the process of doing so, um, has detected the return of the shuttlecraft, the uh, <laughs> our shuttlecraft being piloted by our favorite Cardassian science officer, um, bringing us back to the USS Ross. As you guys were leaving the as you guys were leaving orbit of this system uh rather of this planet just as you broke atmosphere of you and you were making contact with the uss ross there was a concussive shock on the right side of the shuttle hull and that is that moment that fraction of time is where we left off last week's episode so this week episode begins in that particular moment where everything seems to be happening all at once. It happens all at once. On the bridge of the USS Ross, there's a sudden chirping alarm that weapons fire is taking place just at the, as the sensors break through the magnetic interference being caused by the neutron star that's at the center of the system. And on the view screen, Prawl leaps from the center chair as he watches the San Antonio get smashed by what looks like bolts from a disruptor, like disruptor bolts smashing into the side of the hull. The damage for the most part is from, from the view screen, it looks like parts of the hull have been sheared by pure blasts of energy. But what, what really drives Yuri to immediately call for red alert and to plot an intercept course is the fact that on his view screen, and this is now becoming very apparent as the sparks fly across the sides of your face, Lacat, as you sort of recenter yourself and look back down at the screen, both you and the USS Ross detect two ships in your immediate vicinity. Nausicaan Raiders, scale three ships, that apparently were using the magnetic interference of the planet because neither the Ross nor the um, San Antonio detected their approach. To reflect this, I'm going to spend four threat off the top of the game. So I'm gonna reduce my threat pool by four to reflect this ambush attack as these Nausicans, these Nausicaan raiders rather, depends, doesn't, not necessarily clear if they're actually Nausicans in these ships, but there are two of them. Meaning right now, the San Antonio is incredibly vulnerable. However, the USS Ross is closing quickly. Um, so right off the bat, as this is happening, just to sort of even out the odds, Commander Prawl immediately orders Lieutenant Vren into uh, medium range. Because right now, the Ross is at long range. So um, Xander, if you could do me a favor, and, yeah. mark, and mark off one power from the Ross mm -hmm. as he initiates impulse power and brings you guys one zone closer. So you're now medium range. We're at current power 14. You're good. Um, Prawl is then going to, as his, his next action, he is going, oh, he can't because we're at medium range. Um, okay. No, okay. How much? Do you, okay, so we start the game at zero momentum. So in order to move you guys in, I'm going to make a Helm's navigation check with Vren. Mm -hmm. So could you do me a favor? So we don't and, get to keep we don't get to keep momentum from last game. 
it resets at the top of every new session. Yeah. Oh. Um, but poop. don't worry, because because the Helms maneuvers like this are always difficulty zero. So this is an excellent opportunity to jump to get some momentum. So, um, Xander, if you could roll engines mm -hmm. plus con mm -hmm. for the USS Ross, the difficulty is zero, and Vren is going to roll as well. A success. Oh my God. I'm taking a picture because <laughs> oh. no one's going to believe me. We never know if that's good or bad. I rolled two 20s. Oh. That's bad, bad. I rolled two 20s. And there's no Does momentum. Does have anything here? Any talents, any talents that might negate this? Um, hold on. navigation check. Can he burn a value <laughs> so we don't run I can't use cautious because I didn't get a chance to spin momentum. Right. Um, I mean, it's okay. I could roll. I could try to spend a value here, but I have to do that before. I, don't I have to do that before? Well, no, I can use a value. Not, not to reroll. I can't do a value for reroll. No. You can. You can. You can? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, can... oh, yeah. Then I'll burn a value. Yeah, and then directive. You to... Don't get shot. There you go. Okay. Um, I'm gonna okay. So Vren's gonna call the call on the value. I will get us home no matter what. That's a good one. And I'm re-rolling. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Thanks, Vren. This episode is starting off very well. <laughs> Holy shit! Maybe maybe that was just Vren. Maybe that was Vren just getting it out. You guys, maybe he yeah. just had to get it out. Let's see what he gets now. Okay, I rolled a one and a four. Hey, okay. <laughs> so Vren was just working out the kinks apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so called upon the value, get the reroll. So two, so that's three plus he's got a critical success. So that's actually four. And how many did you get, Sander? One from the Ross. One from the Ross. So guys, jump up five momentum. Boop, 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 boop. Wow. Oh my goodness. Vren was playing the wrong game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've, I, I can't remember the last time I rolled two twenties. I think it was Callisto. I'm not sure. No, I didn't roll with Callisto. It was, uh, it must have been Shield of Tomorrow. Who has he been playing D&D with? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the Ross closes in. Now, I'm going to ask if I can spend momentum to keep the initiative. But I need you guys' permission. Yes. Yes. Everyone says yeah. yes? Okay. Do it. To keep the initiative? All right. So on the next turn, the Ross is going to spend one more power and move into short range. Current power is at 13. And I'm going to roll another. This is going to be so that the first one, the first time around was actually Prawl giving a command order. So this is going to be Vryn's action. So uh, Xander, if you could make another roll, please. This is difficulty zero. Mm -hmm. I got an eight and a 17. Oh my. Uh, no, no help from the Ross either. That's okay. So you get one momentum back. Um, so the Ross, so the moment you guys see this stuff come up on the sensors, you see the shadow of the USS Ross begin to emerge, kind of casting itself over the hull of the shuttlecraft as it's moving close into range. What's up, Sam? I saw you raising your hand. No, oh, I was giving the number current momentum. Oh, okay, cool. Um, it is now their turn. We should be at five. Uh, we just got momentum keeping back. The momentum, keeping the initiative, I believe, is two, not is one. Is two? Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah, it's a little pricey. 
Okay, so it's their turn. All right. I'm going to roll. Okay, so this is engines. So five. Okay. So for the first... Okay. Let me spend one power here. Okay, so the first thing that happens is, is the moment the, mo the Ross moves into range. So the Ross moving into range as quickly as she does and sacrificing any other actions, but moving straight into short range causes the Nausicaan, one of the Nausicaan Raiders to immediately break off upon seeing the, the approach of this Ross-class starship. Um, either they're really smart or they thought they could get in a, hit, a kill hit in one shot, but they break off. Um, it's now you guys' turn. Who would like to go next? Uh, I would. Uh, Jane would like to get us out of this situation ASAP. Um, so we've been hit, and so I'd like to maneuver us back into the Ross if possible. Okay. Yeah. So before we do that, this is when I'm going to... As you take your action to maneuver the Ross back in, I'm going... Or to maneuver, maneuver the San Antonio back in the Ross, I'm going to let you know what the damage to the shuttle was. Great. So... Two, okay. Okay. Ooh. Okay, one sec. That's a nasty hit. Okay. One moment. So I pull this up. Oh, that's so, a crit table. What's that? I'm, I'm just saying. I didn't uh, hear what you said. Sorry. That you were pulling that up. That sounds like a crit table. Oh, <laughs> no. But I mean, you guys, you guys probably took a breach is my guess. So let me find out, though. Um, hate that. Yeah. Don't you hate that? Yes, don't I do, Eric Campbell. <laughs> All right. I'm a doctor. I'll put a bandaid on it. <laughs> 229. Great. Okay. So let's see. Yep. Looks like it's probably going to be a breach. All right. So you guys are going to take... Why don't we make this real simple? And I'm just going to roll here on which system was impacted. And the stats for the ship, which I have right here, you guys all mark down the stress, but the hull is basically taken... Uh, eight points of damage. You've got a resistance on it, though. But it's enough to do some serious damage to a shuttlecraft of this size. However, instead of instead of getting into the particulars, I'm just going to give you guys, instead of getting like entrenched in ship combat and, and getting dragged into that, what yeah. I'm going to do instead is I'm just going to say one of your systems is impacted. I'm going to roll right now to find out which system is impacted. Because next action, um, the other raider is going to be breaking off if they can. That will be completely dependent on whether or not the Ross lets them break away. So let's see. Five. Okay, so this is going to be engine damage. So the engines are taking a hit. I was sitting here thinking there's just one system. I really don't want this to be. <laughs> there's exactly one. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, yeah. Okay. Navigator. Okay, great. 
Oh well, impacted is not like completely right. Exactly. No. Anything you can okay. fly away from. Whenever engines suffer, whenever the system engine suffers one or more breaches, it disrupts those functions temporarily. The ship is going to immediately lose two power. Further, until the internal systems officer, somebody from engineering performs a restore minor action, all tasks assisted by the ship's engines or which have a power requirement increase in difficulty and complication range by one. So that's not going to. That's just going to make things a little difficult, but essentially what happens is the impact of these disruptor bolts on the side of the San Antonio sends you into a small lateral spin, which you have to recover from. Okay. So in order to, so why don't you make a piloting check real quick Great. as a minor action? Look at, yeah. I'll, set the, I'll set the difficulty at two. I'm that's- going, in order to reflect this trait that I'm throwing at you, I'm going to spin two threat out of my pool. Um, because this is vital to us getting back onto our ship, can I spend a momentum to get another die, please, folks? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, and this is con control, right? That's what I'm calling uh, Con control, yes. And if you want to be assisted by the ship, the ship is engines and con. So that is, oh, I didn't get the stat on that. I think that is going to be a 10. Okay. Let me double check. Actually, this would be easier if I just brought this up. No joy from San Antonio. Okay. No. What'd you get, Rave? Um, I got three successes. Okay. Um, San Antonio's struggling. And you can feel the Danube-class shuttlecraft, just its engines are sputtering like as it's trying to recompensate for the sudden shock of energy that got sent through its systems. Um, as the spin is happening, you can see the glittering, sparkling trail of ionization and uh, molten hull drifting off into space. It's quite beautiful <laughs> until you realize that it's literally pieces of your ship that have been destroyed, just fluttering out into the void. But you manage leaning into the controls to get yourself on guard because the inertial dampeners are actually being pushed to the limit right now as y'all spin. You manage to gain control of the shuttlecraft up on the bridge up on the bridge, Vren, who's sitting at helm, just nods, smi- smiling, and goes, way to go, a cat, as he's watching the shuttlecraft regain itself and pit it right back around. He loves that he's saying that, because, like, all she can think of is, like, the scorecard right now, and it shows that she's, like, five points down because she got hit. Um, <laughs> that's, that's all the cat can think about right now. But Vren she, like, like controls and, like, like, does her best to, like, right herself and says, Captain? I'm going back to the Ross unless you have anything else you want to do right now. Yeah, I'm actually going to spend two more threat. And I'm going to roll... Since this is my way of sort of narratively, since we're dodging Starship combat, I'm going to throw some flavor at everybody. Great. Wait, did Tech just object to flavor? <laughs> so everyone, everyone on the San Antonio right now just took three points of stress damage from the impact of this disruptor blast smashing into the hull. So you guys are thrown up against consoles, smashed up against the side. Everyone's kind of rocked as it was a surprise attack. Would I be able to fight that with my quick reflexes and dexterity talents? Um, if you were aware that this was, no, I would say, I would say if you were sort of sent hurtling through the air or some such, but this is literally you in the seat impacting on the side of the hull. Um, I always land on my feet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's so, 
like what Star happened? Trek console explosions for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I know. Lots of power surging through all of the systems on a star on a starship. So um, you actually have seen sort of the flickering helm uh, that Lacat is at as they are trying to regain control of the ship. You do manage to regain control of the ship, Lacat. What were you asking the captain? Sorry. Bring her in now. Absolutely. And she maneuvers, does her best to try and maneuver. Okay. Um, via San Antonio back towards the Ross. Okay. You are bringing it into uh, immediate range, and then that's going to be their turn. The other Nausicaan ship is going to take their action now. Yep. Spend a power. And that one immediately breaks off as well. Stunningly enough, these raiders look like they have improved impulse drives because they move a lot faster than they normally would. They cl they cl they they create a distance between the USS Ross on their actions by spinning power, and they basically jump out of immediate range. Um, on the rain on the turn on you guys' turn again. Um, bring this up on your turn again uh what are you guys going to do the ross will take an action if you guys are just waiting to dock okay the ross is going to extend their shields over the shuttlecraft as you were all coming into the vessel uh so, i would have still been in the captain's ready room when all of this went down right uh yes so in the captain's ready room you basically would have seen everything go to red alert okay i think that heard uh, the klaxon and everything yeah, I would, probably would have come out just to see what was going on. Uh, and then probably asked um, Prawl to, uh, even though I have no authority on the ship, probably would have been like, we should probably scan those vessels and see who's actually on them. <clears throat> uh, okay. I'd like to know who I'm dealing with if I'm going to talk to them. Prawl glances over at you, Ambassador, and just says, Ambassador... We'll get to that in a moment, all right? You can see a, a sense of impatience on his face. Whenever you're ready. Um, a few moments later, down in the cargo bay, the, you, the San Antonio is being slowly guided in by a tractor beam crew have come rushing out along with a couple of medical personnel come rushing out to immediately meet the raw the san antonio as she gently touches down onto the deck of the hangar um you the shuttlecraft begins to slowly open its doors uh and at that point you guys see the hangar before the door is open we are Storming, would you say? Yeah. I would say we are storming because Dane is to get to the bridge as quickly as correct. possible. Make a hole uh, you're coming through. There's uh, a fairly large scalp gash on Saul's head from the impact. I'll be following it is bleeding you fairly freely. Yep. I, as you storm, as you storm, I'll be following you and like doing like a patch up as you storm, jumping <laughs> as I like. As, Basically, you're all my tippy toes just trying to do any kind of bandage on the turbo lift for you. You'd be like, all right, it's good. Um, but absolutely okay. a tornado to get to the bridge. Literally yes. she's, yelling, she's landing and she's yelling, make a hole. 
Okay. Um, who else on the shuttle? Who else did we have on that shuttle? It was just the two of you mainly, just right? Just the three of us, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Chief Quick glance as y'all are leaving the shuttle. What's that? Chief is in engineering. Where are yeah. you, Chief? Chief is in engineering, and Vren and is coordinating was coordinating with the chief at that particular moment mm-hmm. from from uh, his helm station. Um, yeah, uh, Tech has been guiding the the change in the power, uh, both changing it from shields to weapons, etc., uh, and back and forth, and just monitoring everything that's been going on. Um, as y'all are leaving the shuttle bay, you any kind of glance back would indicate the disruptor blast that hit the side of the San Antonio. You can see this dark gash, this groove of this blast, this like blast mark that just carved into the hull about half a meter away from the edge of the of the pilot of the flight deck. Maybe about half a meter from where LeCat was sitting at the controls. Um took a huge hit with its shields down. But you can see that this gash kind of runs along the length of the ship where you see at the very back where one of the nacelles looks like it's been it's been shattered at the end of the nacelle. You guys came in without even realizing that the engine having been impacted, one of the nacelles was actually spewing out antimatter um, before the systems managed to shut it down. So... Um, <laughs> you can actually hear some of the whispered, like, shocked conversation from ox crew as they're coming in to examine the shuttlecraft it only takes a moment for you to get to the turbo lift and get up to the bridge by the time you're on the bridge um as the doors open in the red alert stations you see everyone is manning their battle stations prawl is actually standing up facing the view screen and you can see the ross is already in a pursuit course right now of two nausicaan raiders which from the from your vantage point coming off the turbo lift captain you can see that they've both taken a dive straight towards the planet's atmosphere um, and you hear Prawl just say, Captain on the bridge. All right. What have we got so far? Can we catch him? Doing that now. LeCat, we could really use you at that science station. Yeah. Um, LeCat would love to run over to the science station and run a scan and see what she can figure out about those two Nuskin Raiders. Um, okay. And uh, she would probably also just like quick to the side. It's like, I want the record to show that it was not my fault that we got shot. Um, and now she would like to roll to scan. Okay. Uh, and I would just like to state that while LeCat is scanning, McCrell also is on the bridge and, and is, is, is scanning uh, LeCat to make sure that she's okay as well. Okay. Because they, they're very fast to the bridge. Uh, but like specifically, LeCat would like to scan for weaknesses. Uh, okay. So go ahead and um, make a so if you're going to scan for weaknesses, that's going to be a well, that's going to be pretty straight up reason plus science check, and the okay. ship is going to roll sensors uh, plus science as well. And you're cool with me using my sensors focus, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Great. Great. That would great. Come into play here. So the difficulty of this is going to be actually, I'm going to activate. I'm going to spend two threats to activate the trait magnetic interference, and the sensors are going to increase the difficulty to three. Great. Um, can I? How much momentum do we have again, folks? Three. Three. Can I use one momentum to yes. um, grab an extra die? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, oh boy, that gives me four successes, friends. So gain momentum. Great. Um, any, any from Rook? Once. Two momentum. Two momentum. Two momentum. Okay. <laughs> what you okay. get from these Nausicaan vessels, um, first of all, you get that uh, you 
First of all, if you engage them in combat, you will have scanned for weakness now. So you will be able to uh, essentially hit them harder. You'll get past the resistance a little bit easier now. Um, I believe scan for weaknesses reduces resistance by two, if I'm not mistaken. Um, might go. Um, yeah, piercing we gain by the end of the sensors operator's next turn gains two piercing quality. That's right. Okay, so you basically go through two of their resistance. Um, the other thing you would get from the scan is they do, in fact, have improved impulse drives and polarized hull plating, which means that their resistance is a little higher than they normally should be. Um, uh, do I have, in this turn, time to call Chief Tech and basically relay that information? Uh, yes, but uh, Rave, I should let you know that LaCat... You've only got the information of what their weaknesses are, but you yeah. don't, you, because that was your focus of your scan, you'll need to obtain information check now if you want to find out what their trajectory is, where they're headed. I would love to do that. I would love okay. to find that information. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, they're headed straight down into the planet's atmosphere, and it looks like they're headed towards a very familiar spot, specifically, literally the only place where they could have come from. Now, these are scale three ships, so they're not exactly going to be parking inside of one of the hangar bays. This is one scale lower than a, a, an Intrepid class starship. So these are essentially the size of one of the large cargo haulers. And there's only a few places on that planet that can allow for ships of that scale to dock. As part of the information scan, can we see if the are there life signs aboard the ship? Like, are these pretty full or is it half full or is it a couple of people type of thing? You'll need to do an obtain information. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool with doing an obtain information for that if everyone else is. Okay, um, so it looks like these Nausicaan Raiders, I mean, for a scale three ship, it doesn't look like they have a particularly large crew, probably large enough to do what it is they were designed to do, which is hit, run, and take over other ships. Um, you've seen these before too, Captain Saul. These were usually, Orion slavers loved to use Nausicaan Raiders because of their speed and how quickly they could get in and hit and get out. Um, the crew complement of one of these things probably averages around about 100 crew. At maximum. The scan, the life, the life scans that you're getting from one of these ships is about 65, 65 life form on board. And not all of them are Orion. You are definitely detecting Nausicans. Okay, so we're detecting Nausicans. And just to confirm, this is the same... Uh, we're getting the same like reading from these like surges, radiation surges that we've been getting. That we that like were back with us back at the Tholians. Were it's it's the same ship, a separate signature. You separate don't know. Oh, okay. Got you it, don't detect it. any neutron radiation surges from these two vessels. No. The got sensors it. are being the sensors are being messed with right now because of the nature of this the system. But you were able to cut through that interference with your amazing role. And you're not detecting any neutron radiation surges coming from these two vessels. Good to know. Okay. All right. Get me a targeting solution and open a channel to both. They have a chance to heave too. Also, if we can, I would love to get in touch with our friend planet side, see if they have any surface to air. Okay. Make them that regret the choice now. Prol dashes up the ramp all the way down to his uh, tactical station, relieving the officer there. And as she steps aside, he takes the post, looking down at it, um, starts chirping. You hear the commands being chirped in, and he opens a hailing frequency and says, your hailing frequency is open, Captain. Nautican Raiders, this is the USS Ross. Heave to cease your course toward the planet. You took a shot 
at us, and I strongly recommend we do this my way right now. I'm in no mood. Would you like to roll for that? That feels like an intimidation check to me. That's what it feels like to me too. Okay. All right. I would like to use a momentum for this. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Actually, you know what? I'm a veteran. I'm going to treat myself. A well-placed word goes a long way. Let's just start with a crit. Okay. I'm going to spend... Are you taking the momentum as well, Sam? Yes. I'm going to spend a point of threat. So we'll treat this as a contested, an opposed check. So the difficulty is one versus theirs. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm going to be rolling... Okay. <laughs> the odds are not in this guy's favor. Okay. What was your results? Six. Six. You beat him by one. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> um, all right. Then we're back up to two momentum. Thank you. Um, the response you get isn't anything returned on the channel. Instead, what you get is they burn another point of power and actually increase their speed almost to dangerous velocities inside the planet's atmosphere as they descend. Both ships. <laughs> They're making a run for it, Captain. Tractor. Face. Full um, power tractor beam. All right, so the Ross is going to need to move into range again because at this point they're at Mo and you guys are in orbit. Or actually, yes, you would be considered in orbit because the Ross moved into range of the shuttle. So, activating a tractor beam into atmosphere, um, you're going to spend one power. Mm -hmm. uh, down to 12. Yes. All right. One power down to 12. All right, cool. So these guys are down. Oh, this is going to get really interesting now. Okay. So these are both at four. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't see how they're going to get away with this, but um, <clears throat> all right. Go ahead and make your roll. All right. Uh, this is a difficulty three check. Oh, okay. Take what you need for it. Uh, we have two. I will take one. And what 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 am I? What are the um? These is it systems and departments for the ship? Uh, for oh for the Ross Sam, do you remember what the Ross rolls for this? Um, the oh, Ross this one is a touch weird. I feel like it's a uh, not. Weapons security. I feel like it's structure security of something. It, I think it's structure security. Yeah, that's what I got too. Okay. And if it's not, then we'll use it for now and it'll be it's fine. It's the same uh, for both of them on our ship as it okay. happens. Oh, that's true. So uh, that's one, two, because there was a crit and then three successes total. So what, it, what was the difficulty? Was three, right? Uh, difficulty was three, correct. 
So it met, and I believe with the tractor beam, I roll five of the effect die. I think so. Right, we have a strength five tractor beam. Right. So. Uh, and we have one momentum remaining for that good, good reroll. Please feel free. <laughs> I've got Please. three effects. Um, no, I, for the tractor beam, I wonder, do I need any like successes or do I just need the effects to halt? I mean, we're already equal to scale now. Uh, I don't recall, Eric? I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Because yeah. tractor so much more those... now. Tractor beam has always been one of those, um, one of those <laughs> tricky little game devices. <laughs> Because if we need to, I can spend that last momentum to reroll two that were blank. And that's right. why I want to check on the rule because I would seriously consider it. Yeah. Depending okay. on how it works. Um, okay, let me just pull this up here. Apologies to everybody as we do a rules check on this. It's uh, If you want to join me, it is uh, page 223 in the core book. Um, so we can all look this up together. Because mm -hmm. we only used the tractor beam one other time, and man, that was good. <laughs> if I remember correctly, you snatched somebody <laughs> and stopped them from making a run for it. Yes, it's a to be fair, we've used weapon. it a couple times, but so the, yeah, twice that's for pirates. True. The tractor beam. It's a okay, great pirate weapon. So this is actually this is actually so Prawl should actually be rolling for this. This is a control security task assisted by the ship's structure security. So we were right. The difficulty is normally two, mm -hmm. and it can only be directed at a target within close range. Which I'm going to rule that they are because they're just entering atmosphere and you guys are in orbit. Um, so in the in this in the space of like distance in Star Trek, that would definitely be close range. Um, if successful, the target vessel is immobilized and cannot move unless it can break free using uh, their shield modulations, the raw power of their engines, or disabling the tractor beam emitter, which is a task in its own right, with a difficulty determined by the strength of the ship's tractor beam, which the tractor beam, if I remember correctly, is the size of the ship. It's basically a scale six. So uh, No, our tractor beam is strength five. Strength right. five, okay. That is so, what it, that's what that five is. It's not anything to do with the uh, effect die. It is right. have fun rolling a difficulty five. Right. So let me go ahead and roll for Prawl, and we'll do it this way. So let's do a quick roll with Prawl here, and that way we can do this pro uh, correctly, okay? So instead of you rolling, Xander, I'm going to have Prawl make a control security check, which is what he does. So there's one momentum spend that Prawl can use that Tech had previously used. All right, I'll use that. So three dice. I rolled an 11, a 5, and a 13, and all three of those are under Prawl's. Ooh. 11 and a five. Yeah. So two and a, so one of those is a critical success. So that's four successes total beating that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, go ahead and roll for the Ross. It's structure security. Got it. You already, you already rolled for that, right? Mm -hmm. What was the difficult, what'd you get on that? Just the one success for that. Okay. So then a total of, uh, three successes then if I'm, uh, three, three momentum, I think. Is that correct? Cause I rolled. That should yeah. put us back up to four. Right. Okay. Uh, so we figured this out. Yeah, All right. and uh, now they're going to stay where they're put because I told them to. One of them is. Um, the Ross snatches one of these Nausicaan Raiders in full flight right out of the air. As, it's, as its hull is lighting up as it's burning and entering Atmo, 
the Ross's tractor beam just there's on board their ship there's a lurching sensation as all of a sudden they are brought to a dead halt and the Ross you can see just from the engineering readout as well as prawl tech the Ross is under you see the stress of the tractor beam is actually being nearly maxed out from catching this object at full impulse power um, but it manages to actually snatch it and cause it to come to a complete stop by the way, entering an atmosphere at full impulse is suicidal. Like they were desperately trying to get away from you. Which makes the next thing that happens a bit surprising because as soon as the Ross engages the tractor beam, the other one turns about. And Prawl immediately warns that an attack is imminent. Brace. All right, we are now officially going to call this starship combat. Their getaway did not take place. The Raiders turning on you and they're opening fire. So we're going to start this round with their action of firing on the USS Ross. What was they it before? Cuddlywinks? Before? No, before that was just fun. We are just messing around. That was just fun. <laughs> yeah, well, great. What have we been doing till now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Raider comes about. Going to open fire on the Ross going to spin. I'm going to raise the difficulty. This raider is going to target the Ross's tractor beam. I'm going to raise the difficulty of its attack. It's going to open fire with disruptor cannons. Uh, I think we should use some momentum to make their life harder. Certainly could. We have four. Might as well. Exactly. Yes. How would you like to do that? Uh, oh, wait, uh, they have to, they're targeting the emitter. That's a difficulty five check on them, yeah? That's, uh, it's it's becoming a difficulty five check, yes. Um, because of our strength five tractor beam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know what? Is their life hard enough? To well, hold on, I'm sorry. Let me, let me get this straight. The, you're saying the difficulty of hitting the tractor beam emitter is five? Uh, yes, specifically because they're aiming for the tractor beam emitter. Uh, that was what we were just reading about it, that uh, disabling the tractor beam emitter, a task in its own right, is a difficulty determined by the strength of the ship's tractor beam. Ours is a strength five tractor beam, so it would be a difficulty five check. Base. Haha. <laughs> huh. I thoroughly agree, Bonnie. Well put. I'm not sure I agree with that. We're going to go with it because that's what the book is telling us, but I think it should be damage and not difficulty to hit. I don't think the power of a, of a tractor beam emitter should make it harder to target. But it does, it would reflect its ability to withstand damage, so I'll go ahead and go with it. With the difficulty determined by the strength of the ship's tractor beam. Yeah, five, okay. Difficulty five to hit this. It's going to need a miracle. <laughs> um... Yeah, you know, actually, in that case, let's play smart. Not going to target the tractor beam. Let's harass the Ross. We'll just target the Ross in general. <laughs> okay, uh, then, yeah, we are going to uh, create a, what, create a complication for them? If you want to do that, yeah. Yes. What would you like, what would the complication like to be? Mm. Is this uh, from the ship that is caught in the tractor beam? or the This is from the secondary ship that was also fleeing. Gotcha. Rather than making the suicide run at impulse, uh, they decided to go for the fight, since apparently the flight ain't working for them. 
which is great because it keeps us engaged with them and keeps them from rabbiting. That means ultimately we get both. Could we say, could we spend two momentum to create the advantage that the tractor beam is providing like a, not a, more of like a sensor blanket, like it's harder to target us because of it? Just increase you, difficulty. You oh, we to... can use the magnetic interference too. That's a trait yeah. in this scene. So what you could do is you could say like you were using a scat like a cat could activate some kind of ma like some kind of scattering field that would interact with the with the interference yeah Inter yeah, yeah you wouldn't be able to use the tracking beam to create interference but if you want to get trekkie and use like like cat science station to basically cause an interference to make it harder for them to hit yeah. absolutely i would also love to target their weaknesses as possible because i stand for them well, we're uh, doing this in reaction to their, their uh, hit. This is their right. turn right now, and we're just trying to make their lives sad the way that Eric so often does to us. Hi. Mm -hmm. But no, right. I would do that. Let's do it. All right, so they're going to, so then I'm going to increase the difficulty. So they're using their disruptors. So that would normally be difficulty two. We're going to raise it to four. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to spend, because you're basically activating the scene trait against them mm -hmm. by burning momentum to activate a, a complication for them. So I'm spending, by the way, the last of my threat to add an extra die to this roll. And here we go. So, weapons. Nine. Oh, cool. Okay. Here we go. So I needed four successes. Uh, nope. Not going to do it. <laughs> The disruptor bolts go flying off as clearly does the the interference of the scattering field from the deflector dish of the USS Ross wreaks havoc on their targeting systems. You guys' turn, what do you do? If possible, could tech take an action on this? It's y'all's turn, so whoever wants to take an action can totally take an action. So in uh, Radiance, Tech is going to come up from engineering into the transporter room uh, to meet with uh, Chief Singh. Because of the scans of the life signs, we have a sort of general idea of where they are. And uh, Chief Singh, we're going to target sort of the, the what seems to be the command staff, anybody on the bridge of that ship, and we're going to beam them into the brig as soon as possible. I mean, with the captain's order, of course, but uh, lock on. Okay, so two things that you would know. First of all, you can't beam somebody out who's got their shields up. You're not going to be able to target them. But, um, oh, but, what's up? but does the the tractor beam disable that at all? No. Or, oh, okay. Their shields are still up. Gotcha. Yeah. But the the scan the life science scans to get a semi lock <laughs> somewhat. Lock. I mean, you can you can totally lock on. To yeah. The, you, I would say, well, no, you couldn't get a lock, but you could get a right. you could get a position of where you need to lock on. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. know where the, you know where the bridge is. I think I'd so. like to set that up to use in the future. So it's like readying an action, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Then absolutely, yeah, you can do that. Now, at the end of your turn is when you're going to reach the transporter room. So, so okay. as an action, you basically change positions on the ship, and then you're rushing up to transporter room one where Chief Sang is, is, looks at you as you come charging in, you give him the orders, and the two of you on the transporter bat immediately start linking into the sensors. You can see 
when you link to the sensors, um, not only are you getting a good view of like where you're going to need to target specifically on one of these ships, and I'll I'll, have, I'll need you to specify which ship you're talking about. I'm guessing the tractor ship, correct? Well, for right now, the other one is the threat. So if we can disable the other ship, that's the thinking behind okay, it. Okay, so you're 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 focusing more on the ship that's attacking then. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're also getting a good view of how quick Lacat is at the sensor station, because you're watching the, the 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 live feed readout of the sensors constantly targeting weak points in the hulls of the ship. As Lacat looks like she is constantly searching for a spot to just shank these guys. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and move to their action. Um, so, uh, actually, why don't we do this? Um, okay. So your action was moving to Chief Singh and setting up a prepared action for when you their shields drop. Their action is now um, the ship that is tractored is going to attempt to break away. <laughs> and that's going to be interesting. I want to break free. I love that song. Seriously, one of the best Queen songs. And that's saying a lot. Um, okay, so... And here I was thinking that more power to their engines or the disabling the tractor meter. Okay, so the difficulty of all of these is determined by the strength of the ship's tractor beam. <laughs> you know, it's funny, is I might be able to break free from your tractor beam if I had the power to spend using the raw power of the engines. However, but were you running away too hard to do that? Yep, because they're and down to And firing your disruptor at us when you really shouldn't have? Um, no, mm. they're going to try. Let's see. Do, um, they don't have any aft weapons either. And they're not even facing you guys. It got really, really dark. Uh, cause like this huge wave of shade just kind of like descended upon our whole, <laughs> like just everybody. We're very sorry. There was a, 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 a bit of an eclipse that happened there just now. Yeah. Make sure I'm that feeling, you are wearing the proper eyewear. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I'm being blamed for these assholes and not them themselves. <laughs> um, totally oh no, you know what like, you did. They're starting to feel personal. Like they're coming after the <laughs> they're coming after the storyteller. They don't care about the Nausicans. Um, let's. Uh, they're going to attempt to. There's literally nothing they can do. They don't have enough power to break free. They do not have any aft weapons. They're going to attempt to remodulate their shields to try to break free, but that's still a difficulty five. So this is going to be a Hail Mary. So this is going to be computers. <laughs> this is great. Computers. This is going to be computers engineering check. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Okay. Is that going to... Uh... Okay, well, we got one. How did the... Mmm, close. Um, you all can detect through the sensors the remodulating of the shields is taking place. And the tractor beam actually flickers a little bit, but it does not let go. It maintains its hold as you guys begin to pull this ship in. Your action. How many tractor beam emitters do I have on this ship, Eric? You can do one at a time. Oh, Gosh, so I have to shoot out the engines from under the other one? We have two! Well, if, you, if, you wanna, yeah, if you wanna disable the ship, you'd probably have to pop off shots. Mm. 
because it's engaging you guys. Uh, I did tell them not to. You did. Captain, I think you're running I feel something. like I was very clear. <laughs> From the distance, you can hear. <laughs> you did tell them. You did tell them. You did tell them. Yeah, I, I think I think shooting back will buy us some space cred in the pirate area. I, you know, this feels very important, and also just my dice are telling me that I'm feeling very the fight or flight. So, uh, yes, Commander Paul, target their engines. The small grin comes across Paul's face. Says, "I, Captain." And uh, I roll for that kind of a direct task, don't I? I do my command presence for something. So um, what happens is, so what happens is, is if you're giving the order, yeah. um, this is going to give Prawl another action. The first one was obviously activating. Uh, no, that was not combat yet. So this is actually the first action. So yes. if you're taking this action, you don't have to roll uh, per se. What you do is, uh, actually you do, you roll and it's your presence command. The difficulty is zero. Generate uh, some good, good momentum so that he can use uh, to just make them very sad. Oh, and we're not back to Rave's turn yet, so the piercing will apply too. Correct. This is a good day. Exactly. Um, I'm just gonna. Oh, I'm sorry, I misread this. You actually don't roll. What happens is, is you, you use your action to give him an order, and on yeah, top of on top of him rolling and the ship assisting, you also get to assist. Nice. That's there. that's, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. So he's okay. going to make a roll. The Ross is going to assist, and you're going to get to assist using your presence command, which is going to give you the momentum you were about to roll anyway. So, um, so Prawl is going to make his shot. Let's see. This is going to be <laughs> three, four, five. Actually, uh, yeah, difficulty three. Is it uh, weapons security? Yes, it's a weapon security check for the Ross. That's and... a crit from Prawl. Ooh, that's a crit from Prawl. That's one from the Ross. So four successes total. Five so far. Five, Five successes. Okay. That's a you, the Ross. <laughs> so you're gonna imp you basically shoot its engines then because that's a called shot. So the increased difficulty and you hit it. Um. Oh, then that would be only uh, one net momentum because it's a called shot that increased the difficulty and we're in close range. Right. Which also, uh, it was a base difficulty three and then called shot brought us to four and we scored five. So we gain one. Yes, we are now at three yeah. momentum. <laughs> Ouch. And they are at no engines. <laughs> uh, we can also put power into our phaser shots. Uh, for additional make them sad, can we not, Eric? What's that? We can pour additional power into our phaser shots for additional make them sad. Can we not? Um, yes. I would 12. like to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how much power would you like to spend? Is it one to one? So here, here's the thing though. When you're spending power for phaser shots, you have to do it before you roll because it increases the complication range as much as it does adding dice to damage. It does. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're enhancing if you're enhancing your phaser shots, burning power into it actually causes the complication range to jump. Awesome. What page is that on? Uh, just so I have it. On. Um, I actually have it highlighted on my. Awesome. Thank you. All right, then we won't worry about it this time because uh, we already took the shot, and I sure. wouldn't have anyway. 
I'd much rather actually make a hit. Okay. Oh, uh, Paul purchased a bonus d20 for that attack, didn't he? He did not. How dare you? Uh, because uh, we should remember in future, because uh, scan for weakness, you'll get additional uh, damage die for each bonus d20 purchased. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, he didn't do that. Um, right. He was just making the shot. The, the, you know. <laughs> Um, Crawl will go and read the STA book. Yeah, just remember that at any point, since he is an NPC, technically under my control, but also under the control of you guys, at any point you can tell me that you want Prawl to spend momentum if you don't hear me doing it. So that way, yeah. if that way, you guys have a little more control over what one of your crew members is doing. Um, so go ahead. Okay, so go ahead. How much damage is that total? No control over Fran. Uh, that will be. Oh goodness, uh, eight. Dice, unless we want to spend momentum, uh, which uh, I think we should probably save for rerolls. <laughs> so yes, uh, eight challenge dice. Okay, go ahead and make that roll then, or would you like me to do it? Oh, go ahead. Okay, six, That's seven, eight. Here we go. I roll two effects, four points of damage with two effects added onto that. Uh, how many blanks? Three. Uh, spend one reroll. So for all three of them? Yes. I roll two more effects and one more point of damage. Good. That sounds good. <laughs> and we're at two momentum now, correct? Correct. One, two, three, four, Does, five, six, seven, eight. Do four effects take out a system? Um, effects are no. for spread oh. or uh, the other one. Their qualities on the phaser array. So eight, that's one breach because you did more than five points of damage in a single strike. Breach, and you're that's going right. past yeah. you're going past two of the resistance. Mm -hmm. Actually, it has zero resistance, doesn't it? Because you you reduced uh, the I imagine their polarized hull plating gave them one and their scale three ship, so it's four down to two. Um actually the, the polarized hull plating is not really helping him here. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Yeah. Then so I, not, don't, I not... don't know. We're my like we reduce the resistance by two. Okay. Um, you resist. You reduce the resistance by two. Okay. So actually, okay, that's fine. Then we'll just say uh, that it was. We'll just reduce one point of damage off of that. Then. So they take a total of five. That actually sounds like a good idea because spend one, get two of piercing, and then everything I will go through. I was going to say you did roll three effects, so if you want to pierce, you can go past Let's all of their it. resistance. So we're down to one momentum. I'm feeling saucy. Okay, feeling yeah. Saucy. Looking saucy. I see okay, that. so that's, that's going to impact their engines, <laughs> which is lots of fun. Whenever a okay, so that's communications. So you impacted their engines. They have one breach oh, on their engine. Talking. I was just going to say they impacted our engines first. <laughs> yep. Okay. An eye for an eye. So <laughs> let's see here. It's a way. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. All right. So here's the th here's what happens. You did eight points of damage to their, to their ship. Since you did f more than five damage, you automatically give them a breach. But here's the problem. 
They only had eight hull. So, as this phaser lances out from the saucer section of the Ross, you see it strike the right corner of this ship. And similar to what happened to the San Antonio, you see it get turned into a lateral spin as well. And then you start watching hull plating scatter across space and an explosion happen on the back end of the ship. Beam them out, Sing! Um, the good news is, is their shields ate up most of that damage. Oh. So the ship isn't going to implode in space. Never but mind. They are, they are horrendously damaged. <laughs> As you see, they actually look like they've lost control of the vessel. And they start spinning towards the Ross. They still have shields? No. Damn. They oh, had shields. can't beam them. The Ross went right, the Ross blasted right past their pathetic shield rating and smashed into their hull, impacted their engine, and it sent them spinning out into space. Captain, we've got a transport lock, at least on one of them. Get him into the brig. Thank you, Chief. Go ahead, Chief Singh. Oh, Energizing. Make sure that they don't get splattered on our hull. Okay. This is going to be... <laughs> I haven't rolled for Sing in a while now. Let me pull up his sheet. It's nice to be rolling for Sing again. And I would uh, like to assist. <laughs> okay, yeah. You can totally assist here. Um, if someone else wants to roll for Ross. Yeah, does somebody want to roll for Ross? Ambassador? Aki? Okay. What am I rolling? Sorry. This is not a... This is... Oh, for the Ross? Yes. The Ross is going to be rolling um, computers plus con. Okay. Oh. Hot damn. What is uh, the roll for tech? Uh, tech for, for you, it's going to be... No, for you, it's going to be daring engineering. Okay. <laughs> Oh, a crit, baby! Oh, nice. Well, how the Ross here now? <laughs> oh no, I can't, I can't see it. What is it? That would that would be a natural twenty. Ah, that's a complication. Yeah, yeah. Just, the good just news is because I'm out of threat. Instead of burning that as a complication, I'm going to bank that. Ah, uh, yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, um. Okay. Seeing rolled two successes. Yeah, he did. So, um, you see his hands slide up the transporter pad as this glowing column just ignites up onto the onto the panel, <clears throat> and you see on the computer panel inside the brig of the USS Ross, where a Gorn used to be kept, you see three Nausicaan raiders, three Nausicaan pirates, begin to materialize inside the uh, inside the brig. Um. And a few moments later, a fourth Orion begins to uh, beam into the inside of the brig. And seeing registers, I've got all four of them. Uh, tech to Captain and to Ambassador, Olin Maginiel. How's it go? Yeah. We have several of the, the raiders in the brig. There might be a diplomatic situation waiting. Uh, we got as many as we could. Beautifully done, Chief. Thank you. It was all the chief saying. Noted. Well done, Singh. 
Okay. Your orders, Captain. Do we have the other ship in our custody as well? The other Nausicaan Raider is not moving. You see Prolix says they're not going anywhere, Captain. Uh, the other ship that was attacking us, it looks like their weapon systems are fluctuating. They don't seem to have control of the vessel just yet. All right, make sure they don't get themselves into trouble. They're right near a planet. I'm spending two threat. How do you have two already? I, because a complication was just rolled. I know. I so I'm, just, I'm spending I it. All right. <clears throat> so what do you? What's what's the order? Well, I don't really want to give one now, do I? <laughs> Everyone's like, wait, wait. He spent threat. Um, Shut the hold. I'm going to go, uh, uh, Captain, uh, with your permission, I'll head back to the medical bay in case anyone else gets beamed over with a little bump or scratch. Thank you so much for your help, Doctor. Yes. Of course, Captain. And after, uh, when you're off duty, can you come by a medical bay so I can fix this up a little better? Before you can respond, Captain, the computer immediately chimes in, warning, intruder alert. And at that moment, Prawl says, Captain, I'm tracking three Nausicans and one Orion. They're not in, they are not in their holding cells. Sing! Things looking around going, I beamed them. You saw, I beamed them right into the holding cell. Then they're cracking their way out. All right, get a security team. Come on, let's clean up. All right. Um, security teams to deck 12. Captain, security teams have been dispatched. All right. Let me know how that progresses and set up a force fields on that deck. Trap them we, if we can. Aye, Captain. Initiating force fields. Thank you. Um, LeCat, yes, make a roll for me. Uh, I, need one of my you, I need you to roll reason and science, and the Ross is going to roll her computer sensors, or computer science. I'm sorry, sensor science, blah, blah, blah. Okay. The difficulty of this is one. Okay, great. Because I got two successes, so that's good. Okay. Who wants to roll for the Ross? I got a failure. Okay, that's fine. So how many successes? Two successes. Two successes? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, you're detecting immediately, uh, as you're looking at, the, at your science station, Internal sensors are detecting bizarre energy fluctuations coming from that deck. And it looks to you from, from the sensor readout that's coming from the internal sensors that these Nausicans and this Orion have some kind of personal transporter device on their bodies because they literally leapt right out of the holding cell somewhere else onto the ship. Oh my God. Okay, well, first of all, um... I relay that information to Chief Tech as well, so that he knows what to look out for. And I go, uh, LeCat to Tech? Go for Tech. Uh, these people have a personal transporter. I think that this thing should absolutely get on that. And also then, can LeCat run a scan to see if she can locate the uh, Nausicans and the Orions on board? An internal scan? Yes. Yeah, I would love to. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, that's a difficulty zero check. So if you want to go ahead and make a roll and juice up some momentum. Reason science, right? Yeah. And and oh. the Ross also roll standard issue. I would like to pick I rolled a one. As tech to assist for a specific reason. You want what's that? I would like to piggyback on this as tech, uh, since we're communicating this information, uh, because I want to focus this scan also on the signature of their transport. Uh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead and make. Uh, you got a crit. Mm-hmm. All right. This team. <laughs> um, so that's a three for me, and then one from tech. Two from that. Two. Five. That maxes us out. That maxes us out on momentum, FYI. Awesome. Okay. Um, Tech, as she's running the scan and picking up all these energy signatures that are popping in, it's unmistakable. As you're looking at the energy signatures, they're using some kind of phased personal transporter that has been, that has actually been recorded before. Mm Mm-hmm. The signature power that they are using is identical to what you've seen Dominion soldiers use to get through force fields during the Dominion War when they would invade entrenched encampments. Now, the Federation got pretty good at picking up because in the beginning, when the Federation first encountered the Dominion, the Dominion was able to sort of counteract a lot of Federation technology for infiltration purposes. In fact, in the most significant documented case, a Jim Hadar soldier walked through one of the force fields, the containment fields that Starfleet probably, that Starfleet used to try to contain one. It looks like the personal transporter devices that these are using seem to have the Dominion technology baked into it somewhere. You're detecting that same energy signatures. Um, if you say that, to, would yeah. do you my comment on that about where? No, <laughs> hold on. Um, okay. Well, uh, no, I don't see it. But the mm. okay, um, then Jane says nothing. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> So uh, basically what I was looking for with this energy signature was to try to rig up some sort of EMP uh, that would uh, sort of disable that frequency. Since we do have some information on it, is there anything that we know about disabling this Dominion transport device? You can, now that you know that transporters are happening, you can essentially run a a disruptive field through it. What would happen is you would simply, you would make it impossible to beam in or out of the ROS, but you can yeah. do an interference of transporter. Yeah, you can make it so, you can yeah. essentially flood the ROS with particles, making it impossible for transporters to work. In yeah, do you, I, we could even spend two momentum just to make that happen as an asset. Yes. Yeah, let's do Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah. So wherever they landed, they're staying put. And then we'll put shields up around them. As you are doing this, you actually, all of you here coming through the comm system on Prawl's security panel, um, the shouts from a security team saying that they're under heavy fire and that they've taken injuries. Um, And in the background, you guys can all hear the what sounds like energy fire taking place on one of the decks. Good thing I haven't headed to the medical bay quite yet. Uh, There's injuries. Immediately. What? What's that? Can we throw force fields up around them and like essentially isolate the fire? Ye- oh yeah, uh, Prawl's done that. Great. Um, yeah. 
Okay. Uh, so, so what was, so they're staying put. Okay. Then it's Prawl. It's, it's, it's all to Prawl and LeCat turns to Prawl and says, they're not going anywhere. He looks at you with a little bit of uncertainty, but he keeps his focus as much as he can on the security pad. Um, I don't know how they got that tech. Maybe they're the changeling, she says. <laughs> and then, wouldn't doubt it. You hear Prawl say b- between let's clenched. Let's handle the diplomatic disaster of this being the second incident where we have found probable syndicate members with Dominion weapons for our ambassador here and the Vorta on our ship. But that is not our problem right now. Let's shut down those three Noskins and that Orion. I want them back in my brig and staying there. What are you doing with the ship that's in the tractor beam right now? Uh, what is our standard heave to, hey, you're a pirate and you're effed procedure? I mean... Like in Starfleet in general, just like asking the game master here. Yeah, so it typically... It feels like a boarding team kind of situation yeah. or like any other kind of like game over, man. Typically, when you've apprehended pirates, you essentially confiscate all goods on the vessel and you lock them up yeah. and then take them to the nearest starbase where they can be processed. Yeah. That sounds exactly like what I want to do right now. Okay. Um, that that sort of so I think uh, one I think we're keeping them on our tractor lock, uh, and making it quite known to them that they don't want to try to modulate their way out of this one. Do not try to get lucky. You saw what happened to the last one who tried to get lucky. And once we deal with these on our ship, then we will have freed up enough security resources that we'll be able to effectively send uh, the teams that we need to get that done. Okay. Um, by the way, at this point, Doctor, you would have gotten flagged. Medical teams are on site, but there are two injuries to Starfleet security currently at the present location. Sorry, I was muted. <laughs> um, yes. so you get that notification. The medical teams have been dispatched. Um, a few moments later, Prawl, you guys hear the unmistakable sort of like mutterings of Prawl going, you've got to be kidding me. Captain... Yes. It would seem that the situation on the deck has been neutralized. That is to say. You see him exhale and he says, go ahead and report out loud what you just told me. And you hear a a wary security officer's voice go, "Uh, yes, sir. We were uh, pinned down for a moment. They were stepping through the force fields that you were erecting, uh, two of us got hit. <sighs> yes, tell them what you just told me, Ensign. Um, two Jim Hadar soldiers just showed up and took all three of them down, Captain. Uh, it kind of happened out of nowhere. I don't know where they came from. They're sitting here on the deck now with their weapons raised. I, They're holding Federation phaser rifles. Eject them into space. (laughs) I think our guests have taken some liberties that they were not authorized to take. I'll handle it. Thank you. Get the Nausicans and the Orions secured. I don't think the Jem'Hadar are going to present any threat to us. 
I'm sure they perceived a threat to the Vorta. Let's yes, finish Captain. up with these pirates. So. I hope Axio's having a better day. Oh, yeah. When we come back from break, it's going to get funsies. <laughs> what was it until now? Oh, that was just a warm up. That, that, we were just warming up. That was just, that was the prelude of the episode. Um, so you guys watch, uh, the tractor beam brings in the pirate ship. And as the, as the Nausicaan vessel gets pulled into the tractor beam, one by one, the people on board are starting to get processed. Now, the Ross actually doesn't have enough room to store prisoners of crew of this size. So right now, one of the hangar bays is actually being made a space for processing using force field technology that it's at its disposal. And Prawl is, being, is seeing to it that all the security teams that are available right now are looking to it. Um, Let's go ahead and cut to what we all know is going to be the big issue right now, because first of all, the Dominion soldiers, as they appeared, did not use a stun setting when they were going after the three invaders. Um, what you discover is two of the Nausicans were disintegrated on the spot. The Orion threw down his weapons and threw up his hands, and the third, uh, the second rather, uh, the second, not the first, the second Jim'Hadar soldier promptly lifted the Orion off of the ground and broke his neck with his bare hands, um, according to security teams. <clears throat> when you are arriving in the medical bay, what you see, Captain, um, is a couple of your security officers being treated for disruptor burns on their arms and on their chest. They did take direct hits, so they're going to be in sick bay for a couple of days at least. You also see what's being stored for for like for the investigation. You see uh, small vials which contain what is left of the particulate from the two disintegrated Nausicans and a Orion in a body bag. <laughs> um, currently, Commander Paul has uh, four security officers stationed outside the uh, Vorta's quarters, and the Jimadar have been ordered inside. What would you like to do before we go to break? Oh, I think uh, I passed. Mm. I think I'm going to be making a little trip down to uh, to our friend's, friend Nadrin's room. Yeah, this one's the ambassador's. This one doesn't have to be my problem. Ambassador's going to tank this one? Hmm. So... Uh, Olin heads down and uh, so if I might join you, I wouldn't mind. Of course, you're more than welcome. All right, so as you're gonna head down there to the top, we're gonna pause and go on our break. We'll be back in 10 minutes. Don't go anywhere, guys. We'll see you in just a moment. Welcome back, everybody. We're gonna jump back into tonight's episode of Clear Skies. We left off. Ambassador Marjanil and Captain Azari Sol were going down to the confined quartered guests of the USS Ross to discover what the F just happened. Um, when the two of you reach the quarters, which are closed, you do see four security guards stationed outside, including Yuri Prawl, who's having a conversation with them. When he sees the two of you approach, he walks up to you, Captain, and says, June Robinson and Karasakal are two of the people that were injured in the attack, Captain, but they're recovering sick bay. They'll be there for about three days. All 
provide any more information about what happened here? Well, according to the debrief, the Nausicans were using some kind of technology that allowed them to slip through the force fields. We've seen that before, but it's pretty dangerous tech. It actually causes it actually causes the molecules in the body of the user to become unstable if it's prolonged use over time. It has properties that essentially sentences the users to death for using it too often. That combined with Dominion transporter technology, they were basically able to slip through our defenses. Captain, if I had to guess, I would say that they were all hoping to be captured so that they could stage some kind of onboard attack, which is why I've doubled the security guards and disabled, um, I put up a scattering field inside the hangar bay. No one's getting in or out using transporter technology. For any of them talking? Not yet. I'll take my turn with them as soon as I can. First, ideally, we can find out if this Vorta knows anything about how Orion Syndicate members seem to keep getting Dominion weaponry. And why? Why? On regular. The Jem'Hadar got Federation rifles. How did they get those rifles, by the way? Commander. We're still trying to figure that out, Captain. As soon as you know. I'm doing a full stock inventory right now in the armory. I should know in the next half hour. Let me know when you do. <clears throat> All right. Awesome. You ready? As I'll ever be, I guess. Mm. Then let's find out what the hell is going on. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Manual, I guess, just an override. Like, oh, I, you don't have to override. You just step yeah, in. Yeah. Go um, inside. <laughs> Whatever. Way, as you're getting ready to step inside, Prawl pulls out his phaser and sets it to maximum stun, slides it back into his holster, and walks in behind the th both of you. <laughs> um. <clears throat> The three of you enter the room. The Vorda is sitting at a table with a dinner cloth on his neck and slicing into what looks like a strange piece of meat, probably an Andorian dish of some kind. As the two Jim Hadar are standing very calmly off to the side, they sort of slowly turn. And you see the Vorda, as all of you enter the room, a big smile on his face as Nadrin goes, Captain! And he sets down the utensils and he says, Forgive me, you caught me in the middle of dinner. And he folds up the napkin, places it on the ground, and says, I'm trying out the different textures of Andorian cuisine. Your replicator, I suspect, is quite functional, but of course, Vorda don't have too much in the way of taste. However, I find that Andorian dishes in particular have a very unique texture that makes them quite pleasant. I'm glad to see that you're doing well. I'm sorry, have you been injured? And he points at your forehead. Oh, just a scratch. You should have ah. seen the other guy. <laughs> yes, I imagine, I imagine they met a very unfortunate end. About I... that. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be rude. Would you like to join me? No, thank you. 
I do have some questions for you, though. I'm happy to answer questions. Please, sit down. I think I'll stand for now. Whatever makes you comfortable. Right now, not a great deal does. I'm sorry. We've had a bit of an incident on the ship, I'm sure you're aware, considering that your guards were involved. Mm, Yes, the intruders. Why exactly is it that you felt the need to get your guard involved? I didn't mean any offense, Captain. And he glances over at you, Captain Saul. You're speaking to me. I feel certain that I was speaking to Captain Saul. If and when we want to bring Captain Saul into this conversation, I will address them. (laughs) Ambassador, you cannot intimidate me. Oh, I'm not trying to intimidate you. I'm just telling you how it's going to go. If that helps you achieve the comfort that you are lacking, then you are free to believe so. Your smugness is uh, irritating. And I don't mind saying so to you out loud, because I believe that honesty is important right now. Is there a point to any of this? The point is that you authorized your soldiers to fire weapons on our ship without our permission. Yes. You do understand why that is unacceptable, correct? We were only trying to help, Captain. We saw a situation- Did we ask for your help? No, of course not, but that's what friends do. You seem to be misunderstanding the the conditions of your continued comfortable stay here. On the contrary, and at that point he rises out of his seat, I am aware that you have reached the location of where the Founder has been located in a way and staged an away mission without including us. You attempted to make contact with the Founder without the people who were supposed to be running point on this mission, and I find that deeply upsetting. If it had been your wish to accompany us, you could have made that known sooner. Ambassador, do you truly think I'm here to enjoy your arboretum? I believe, at this point, what you are doing right now is attempting to be a menace. Again, I ask, is there a point to this? I need for you to understand something. We are more than happy to help. And if it was your desire to be a part of that mission, you had every opportunity to let us know that, but you did not. And so we had to assume that it was your wish to stay out of it. And as far as I know about- Believe that, do you, Ambassador? Oh, I do, because my knowledge of the Vorta and of the Jem'Hadar, unless specifically ordered to do so, tend to enjoy staying out of messy encounters. Well, I'm afraid you've been misinformed. Where the founders are involved, we are involved. We are here specifically to make contact and rescue a founder. If you really expect me to have to map out every single time you intend on engaging, that's simply irrational. We're here to be a part of this mission. You chose to leave us out of the mission. The only one who has truly transgressed here is you, 
Meanwhile, my Dominion soldiers helped save the lives of your crew members. I will accept a thank you. What you will accept is another question. Why is it exactly that those Noskins had Dominion technology? This is not the first time we've encountered such a thing on these pirates. It won't be the last. If you will recall, during the Dominion War, as you so lovingly call it, the Dominion entered into an alliance with the Orion Crime Syndicate, and a technology exchange was a part of that alliance. If they're still using the technology that we offered them, I would say that's just more of a reason why you can trust the Dominion when it comes to business matters. Any further questions, Captain? What exactly are you looking at this point? I mean, you did not in any way indicate that you wanted to be a part of this mission, or you ideally would have noticed you weren't being included in any of the pre-briefings and the pre-missions. You knew how long it would take for us to get there. There was plenty of time and you did not ask. What? So what? So that we don't make that mistake again, what are you looking for now? The mistake was entirely on my end, Captain. I trusted you to include me in all matters involving the rescue of the Founder. But now that I can see that I will be excluded unless I specifically request, as if my presence wasn't an obvious indication that I wish to be involved in all stakes. We I'm have a sure. saying on Earth. It's called, use your word things. I encourage you to do it more frequently. Captain, we cannot have rational conversation with this emotional being in the room. Oh, I'm sorry. You, if you can't then we can wait until you're a little more comfortable to have this discussion. I, I understand that perhaps Federation Diplomacy might not work for you. Federation Diplomacy has always been something of a bit of a quagmire, I believe. But I do appreciate the intentions here. You are upset. I can it see It is my that. ship, yes. You're welcome, Captain. I no. hope your two ensigns are healing well in your sick bay. You understand that that is in fact a breach of ship protocol as well as interstellar law. I am here under the good graces of an admiral in Starfleet, Captain. And yet on my ship. And therefore, actions with weaponry must be done in coordination with tactical teams. Or, again, it is a breach of that agreement that you made with that admiral because a captain is second only to God on their ship. This cannot happen again. I trust in the competence of your crew to prevent any more intruders arriving, forcing us to have to defend ourselves. This will not happen again. Then we're in agreement. I need you to tell me to that effect, I'm afraid. My word is my bond, Captain. This that, will not, this happen, will not again. happen again. This will not happen again. Good. Ambassador? Since he appears to finally have calmed down, I'm ready to leave. Hmm. 
You sure you don't want to join me for dinner? No means no. Thank you. Ah. Goodbye. And with that, he sits back down and tucks the napkin back in and begins eating. You can hear the cutlery on the plate. And he just looks out the window as he puts the food in his mouth and chews very slowly. Have a good evening, I say to the first and second. They stare at you. Not intimidating. Not trying to not trying to posture. They just look at you as you say that to them. Understood. But it's only polite. And this sure. And the second glances over at Commander Prawl, who is looking at them. <laughs> like he wants them to do something. But they just stand there. Noskin's question. All right. All right. So the two of you leave the quarters. The clanking sounds of cutlery being the only sound before the door closes behind you. You really do not like Vorta, Ambassador. I do or not like this one. That Vorta. Are there less smug ones, though? I thought it was a built in. I think they're probably all like that. There are less smug ones, Captain. Prawl speaks up. He says, you should see what they look like when they've been stunned with a phaser. Mm. Then they're unconscious and smug. <sighs> a very tricky species, that's to be sure. We're not giving them any more li liberty on my ship. They do not go anywhere. Without I want to know exactly how they got out of here in the first place. Who was standing guard on this, on these quarters, in the, uh, and how how on earth did they get out? We're looking into that ambassador, but if I had to guess, I would say they have sight to sight transporters on them as well. Well, then we should confiscate those immediately. Uh, that is something that would we would be doing, yes, ambassador. Most importantly, no more arms. I'll have a report to you in the next half hour, Captain. Yes. It might be a bit of a trouble, Ambassador, getting those site-to-sites. He did not want to agree. Oh, to I know. using arms. You heard him. It was pulling teeth. It must be exhausting to be him. I imagine it's perfectly fine for him, and he just pities us, the poor, slow souls. Well, here's hoping we find his founder alive so that we can get rid of him. And if not alive, at least have actionable proof of such so that we can get rid of him. He is still lying. Six-year-old intel is, is worthless. We and do not have the whole story. And I imagine that regardless of whether there was a technological exchange or not, the reason I find it difficult to believe that their technology would be this widespread among this many disparate uh, factions and groups. His founder may well be arming them. We don't know, and clearly he's not going to help. So we have a lot of things that we need to find out from him 
and from others. We have to get to that. I'm going to try to question as many of these pirates and put the fear of, of me. <laughs> I think I am going to go punch a punching bag with a border's face on it. I will. Have a good time, my best of patience, of course. Oh, she'll probably help. Ambassador. Ambassador and Captain, you both go your separate ways. The report does come in 30 minutes later, Captain. Indeed, a site-to-site transport was being used. It was snuck on board. The Dominion soldiers used it. But that's not the most disturbing part of the report. The most disturbing part of the report, Captain, is that they knew where the armory was and they knew how to break into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Is the armory in a different position on the Ross class than it is on a Galaxy class? Um, no, but there's multiple armories located on uh, various spaces throughout the deck. Um, they are not obvious and they're not easily accessible. Usually only security security officers are the only ones that are allowed into the armory lockers. Yeah, they knew what they were looking for. It's uh, possible that, that because of the Dominion's intelligence that they had a basic idea of where to find them because of their intelligence with the galaxy class, yes. Because the layout of the Ross is not dramatically different from a galaxy class in any shape. They could take so. a fairly educated guess and yep. make their way fairly easily uh, unless they had done any kind of a computer security breach and mm, that isn't quite their style. Essentially the report, what you're reading is you're, you're, the instinct you get, Captain, is this is the work of two elite soldiers that knew how to arm themselves in enemy territory. Um, it has been, rec- it has been, uh, Prawl reports that it has been fixed, that they, that they surrendered, willingly surrendered their site-to-site transporters, and they have been stored with their belongings. Um, how much do you like giving up your last knife? Well, Prawl... Like they probably have another knife, so Prawl to speak. Is, Prawl has put in a request, by the way, to ask Chief Tech to put a tracker on the transporters while they're in custody. Yes. Excellent. Grant, let's, super let's... granted. Could not possibly be more granted. Uh, Prawl... I want to get a report back to Admiral Mestis on this whole mess. Oh, boy. As well. Um, all right. So before that happens... Um, I just need a general, uh, I just want to do a quick medicine check, doctor, because you're in sickbay right now, treating two members of our ox crew who got shot by Nausicaan raiders. Um, yes. So rather, this, is not, this is not an extended medicine task. It's just to stabilize using hypospray. But um, your patients are June Robinson and Kare Zagal, Bajoran and a human. So why don't we just do a single roll for both of them and just see mm-hmm. how we do the first aid check. So just tell me, the difficulty of this is going to be two. Mm-hmm. Ross can assist. So whoever wants to roll for Ross. I'll take a momentum just for fun. And the Ross is going to be using uh, computers and medicine. And you said it's... Uh, difficulty two. Difficulty two? Yeah, uh, I have healing hands as a talent. When attempting yeah. a control medicine... Task to healing, reduce difficulty by one. So I'm going okay, to difficulty one. difficulty one. I'm just trying to get some momentum. Get some, get Gina some momentum. Momentum granted. Three successes. Three successes. Okay. Four successes. We're maxed out of momentum. Four successes. All right. Cool. 
Um, before we cut away back down to planet side, I really just real quick, I want to know what um, Lakat is doing. Oh man, I mean, she's still <laughs> all left out because she knows things are happening, but she can't be close to them. Well, uh, I and, and I guess I'm guessing my shift is still on technically, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I mean, here's what happens: is that like. Prowl exits with uh, Captain and Ambassador. That happens, and I think at some point she like leans on her elbow and winces and realizes during that whole uh, during the time the San Antonio gets shot, she did get a little scraped up on her elbow, and she's only realizing it now because she really uh, she she was all for shooting down the other ship. And so yeah, I, I think that she's focusing on her station and probably you know what. I, I do think that she wants to get more readings on these, um, like this magnetic disturbance because like it's messed us up a few times at this point. So like I would start like to start learning it at this point. Okay. So yeah. what I would say is, is what we can do mm-hmm. is I would say make a roll and depending on the successes you get, you can use, uh, you can use momentum, mm-hmm. remove a trait from a scene. So we can say that the cat is using momentum uh, to basically compensate for all the magnetic interference in the system that's been fucking with the sensors this whole time. Great. So why don't we do this before we switch over? Make a science reason science check, and the Ross is going to roll her com- or her sensors uh, and science. Actually, no, the the Ross is going to roll her computers and science. Going to take an extra die. Oh, and the difficulty the difficulty for this is going to be three. Great. Um, so yes, taking an extra die for this, and then okay. I can use my sensors focus. Uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what did uh, the Ross get? The Ross crit. So two successes. Right. Jane only got two, so we got four. With the okay, difficulty. so gain another momentum. Yeah. So as of now, after spending the next twenty minutes working while everyone else is doing this thing, Jane taking taking initiative. You basically start looking over the data and start compensating and realigning the sensor array to compensate for the magnetic interference being caused by this neutron star. And by the time the captain resumes their place on the bridge, you have completed and removed that trait from the USS Ross's scene. Now it will no longer interfere with any computer activity that the Ross does. Amazing. So, uh, Jane turns to the captain and says, Did you get a punch of order in the face? Oh, that would be terrible and wrong. I could never. I couldn't possibly. I could do it. Vryn turns around and says, if you want, I mean, it might break my hand, but I, I could do it. Ah! The first rule is we do not hit the Vorta because the Gem Hadar would kill us and it would create an international and yeah. all sorts of tor- terrible uh, things. Uh, and uh, under my breath, I say, and the second rule is don't miss. <laughs> don't miss. Yeah, but then Jane tells you that uh, the magnetic field should not be giving us any more issues. Lieutenant, that's amazing. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> cat's like, yeah. Say something, and then she realizes that she's talking to the captain. So she goes, yeah. Yeah. The only saving grace here is the captain is starting to have an idea and so only half hears her say that. 
Perfect. Uh, All right. I have a thought of how we can use that for our cloaked friend, and yeah. we can cut away while they talk about. All okay, right. <laughs> a Delev cliffhanger. All right. Mm. <laughs> a little bit of a ledge. <laughs> a ledge. A Delev. All right. It took me a second. I was one. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. So, while all of this has been happening in the upper atmosphere, beyond the horizon of this world, down below on this blistering planet underneath the surface where a criminal empire still lingers, there is a hologram that has been masquerading as one of the members of this criminal organization, walking around, talking to people, acting like they totally belong here, switching occasionally from human to Tellarite and then back to human, doing what they need to do to get by and get close. It's been about an hour and it's only taken you about an hour and a half, Exio, to get close to Taraz again and his little command structure that he's got brewing up over there. It's not that difficult. You have had to take a few risks sw switching to people who are only just leaving the room kind of situations and then turning around, I forgot something and coming back in to just get in the door, switching back to a new personality. Your ring is definitely being put through its paces, but you're doing fine and everything seems to be functioning. Um, right now, you are with an earshot of a conversation that Taraz is having with Sprack at one of these large metal tables. Guz is about uh, 10 meters away and is just kind of leaning up against this gun. You can't tell if Guz is falling asleep or not. One of the alarming things about Guz is because this freaking huge Gorn has these optical shades across his giant reptilian eyes, you cannot detect where his eyes are looking or where if he's unconscious or not. But he's been stock still leaning up against this gun this whole time. Um, where you're at right now, you can hear Taraz and Sprack talking. Um, and I tell you what, if you are willing to spend momentum, we can do a create advantage and set it so that they are actually speaking about things that'll be quite relevant to what you are wanting to listen into. Basically, spending momentum to intelligence gather. We have momentum to spare, do it. Um, yes, I, I, okay. I think I think the answer would be, yes, I don't wanna hear them gossip about a fellow crew member. I wanna yeah, hear important I intel. Mean, Cause you're rolling the dice. <laughs> All right, so. I told him he had four hours. It has been three and a half. He's gotta move. All right. So this is, so the obtain information check essentially. Two and a half, two and a half. Apologies. He has had two and a half hours. Yeah. So, Sprack, Taraz is sitting there at the table and he's got a drink in front of him and he's tapping the side of the cup. And you can tell he's lost in thought and he rubs the eye patch a little bit and just kind of makes sure it's still attached. But then you see him kind of twist it a little bit and take it off. And when he does, you can definitely see the milked eye underneath and the split eyelid, the scar that kind of runs down the side of the eye and arcs up. It looks like somebody, judging from just looking at it, it looks like somebody cut his eye open and tried to remove it. Um, he rubs it a little bit. Do I know of any... Do I, do I offhand know of any particular cultures that take an eye as a souvenir in battle? You know that pirates can be fucking cruel and that they look for any way possible to do bad things to, to people. So it's nothing nothing immediately jumped to your mind, but you have a feeling that it has something to okay. do with the life that he's chosen. Um, 
as he reattaches the eye patch and kind of twists it, and you hear this this sort of like noise as it kind of reattaches to the side of his face. And Sprack sits down across from him and goes, "So what are you gonna do?" And Taraz is tapping his finger on the cup, and he's like, "I'm not gonna overplay my hand. That's for damn sure." If this was any other Federation captain, I could probably work this. But I'm not going to be able to work it with Saul. So what are you going to do? I'm going to play fair. I'm going to make a friend. The truth of the matter is, is you and I both know that once this son of a bitch is dead and gone, we need something left over to rule over, don't we? We can't do that if the Federation is pissed off at us. And Sol in particular, if their reputation is to believe, has a penchant for wanting to shut our kind of operations down. Yeah, but we're not pirates, so they're not going to be particularly pissed at us, right? Well, it doesn't matter, really. If we're involved with whatever's going on, the Federation's just going to look for a... What it comes down to is the Dominion. If the Dominion had anything to do with what we're doing here, there's going to be all sorts of people that are going to want to shut this thing down. But there's clearly something going on here that we don't know about. This just feels a little too covert for the Federation. And at the same time, they're sending Sol in here, and everyone in the Syndicate knows who the hell Sol is now. <laughs> so what the hell is going on? What is going on? Are you just going to echo? Are you just going to keep asking me? Well, I don't know. I don't have a head for this kind of shit. I used to be a daemon. You want market advice? I can give you market advice. You want some kind of like maybe a prediction on what happens next on the market? I can help you there. I don't know about this intrigue stuff. I should be sitting in the center chair of my own ship again. Souls being played. And they, they know it. And I think they suspect that I know it too which means there may be room to help each other, but I can't push them too far because they're self-righteous as fuck and they would rather see me burn down. So we play fair. Understood? All right. So are you going to tell Lee? I have to. They're going to have to make the decision for themselves. All I know is they're not going to like this very much. Look, there's another thing that I kind of do pretty well, Taraj, and that's read people. And you know, facial expressions and stuff. I can read people. Yes, I know what you mean. Okay, well, what I'm saying is, is that Lee, Lee may be a changeling, but I can read them pretty well. And it would seem to me that when you tell them why this starship is here, they're going to be very upset. That's true.
I don't know. Honestly. On this case, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't fight off the Federation. And I need Sol's help if we're going to bring down this pretender king. But there's no way Lee's going to go back to the Dominion. There's no way. But I also need to tell them immediately. If we're going to play this fair, Lee needs to know right away. Well, do you want me to tell them? Because uh, they've always liked me. Sprack, nobody likes you. Everyone likes me, Taraz. Everyone likes me. You've been terrible at reading the room, okay? Look at Guz. Guz loves me. Guz is on the corner just... Um, Taraz says, let me know what's going on. And ask them if they need our help getting out of here. We owe them everything. All right. You, uh, you doing okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I just have a feeling this is going to end with all of us in prison. Go let Lee know what's going on. Sprack there. gets up, pushes the chair back, and says, just out of curiosity, if Lee is unhappy with this, what do I say? Let them know that we're on their side. We owe them everything, Sprack. You and I wouldn't be alive. If they want help, then, then that's our final play. Are you in that with me? <sighs> it's not a very Ferengi thing to do. <laughs> Can I think on it? No. All right, I'm in. Go let them know. Sprack turns and leaves out the door on the opposite end of the room. And you see Taraz lean back and lift his head back and stare at the ceiling for a second. And he stays there, occasionally drinking from this flask. Okay, I have lots of questions. <laughs> a, in my hour of snooping, have I met or heard anyone say the name Lee yet? Um, no. No. Okay. Um, ugh. oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. Huh. Okay. Question. Second okay. question. Has the, has the, um, real version of who I am, have they, in, have I, seen this person previously interact with Taraz. Let's let Like, is this a person decide. that could approach? Yeah. Let's let fate decide. I'm going to give this a 50-50. Cool. Yes, you have. Okay. Um, great. 
okay. Um, I will say that I am the Tellerite right now. Okay. Because um, uh, there probably have been a lot nosier than the human being has. Okay. Um, so uh, they're going to... Are we like in a mess hall kind of deal? It's sort of an open area, yeah. This place is really yeah. hodgepodged, yeah. Okay, um, so it's a pirate hideout, the so. yeah, yeah. So what what's been happening is I've been on my lunch break. Okay. Um, I've I've just sort of been amongst some crates, and I've set up the Tellerite had set up a picnic, which is why they were able to sort of be there unsuspiciously. They're just sort of holed up eating. Your name is Brimick, um, by the way. The Tellerite you've Brimick, great. Brimick. Um, so, um, once the name Lee got mentioned, they started tidying their area. Okay. Um, and, um, have, uh, gotten up to walk past, um, Taraz. And, um, as they're walking by, um, sort of kicks his foot purposely mm -hmm. with, like, the intention of, like, why do you look so solemn? He glances Back over at you. And like, kind of like, bops him on the chest and, and just like, did a deal go sour or something? He glances at you for a long moment um, and just says, no, not exactly. Would you like the rest of my juice? What are you drinking? I don't know, but it's sour as hell. Passes yeah. over. Here, a trade. He passes you what he has. On the count of three, drink. I didn't know we were doing a toast. Uh... He clacks. Exio, what are you going to do with this liquid? <laughs> are you going to fake the drink? <laughs> Is it a clear cup? Am I screwed right now? <laughs> no, nope. It's it's a goblet. You can play this off. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll pretend to. to okay. Drink. What color is it? What color is it? Can I? It's like a, I it's like a, an assumption it, of. It's like a deep. It's like an amberish brownish color. It looks like like a really dark beer is what it looks like from overhead. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> takes um, a, takes a sip and goes. Not as sour as you made it sound, and he passes it back. Ah, my palate. <laughs> okay, your palate, yeah. I've still got a few more minutes. Care to entertain me? You see, he cranes his head and looks at you and goes, What do you want, Bremick? And he, he kind of sits down and he's like, I'm bored, and you look like you're doing something, and I want to be a part. You want to be a part? I don't know what's going on, but I don't like when things are happening behind me. I'd rather they be in front. Come on! There's got to be something good. I see it! You've been adjusting your aisle. Hey, come on! You want in? If it's really, uh, I don't know what the inn is, but I want it. That's really nice of you, Bremick. 
but uh, I think being a dockhand is pretty exciting, so maybe go back to doing that. You think being a dockhand is exciting? Exciting? I'm a professional! And I'm working on engines. Working on engines? You gotta give me something interesting. What's your skill set, Bremick? What do you do? If you don't, if you do something more than just lift shit, what else do you do around here? What are Tellarites particular? Do they have like a heightened sense of any sort? Not really. They're just hardy as hell. Um, they tend to be. They t actually tend to be pretty skilled at their at engineering. Not to lean into the dwarven stereotypes of D and D, but um, they they do typically. They are typically, although I should correct because Enterprise completely reversed the the image of Tellarites, and not all Tellarites are all four feet tall. They now range as tall as humans. Um, so, in that sense, Tellarites are known for some pretty incredible feats of engineering and take a lot of pride in it. Okay. Engineering. Specifically ships or just engineering in general? In general, they are known for their the, the cities that they've built, um, the technologies that they've created. They were a huge asset when they joined the Federation, when they were one of the founding races of the Federation. Okay. And how unique is the gun that the Gorn has? It's pretty unique. It looks like it's an old, I mean, it, first of all, mini guns don't usually get seen in Star Trek because they're kind of pointless. I mean, a one, one lancing blast of a phaser rifle is going to be just as powerful as anything else. The mini gun seems to exist specifically to cause a spread of phaser or disruptor bolts in every direction. It is an engine of destruction. It is not designed to kill one person. It's small artillery carried by somebody who probably normally would not be able to lift it. Um, this was probably attached to a vehicle at some point. And the, the gun itself, the barrels are actually triangular in shape. There's three barrels that are triangular in shape. And it looks like each one of them fires um, high intensity beams of some kind, probably disruptor judging from the looks of it. It looks like it's designed to basically ca cast a scattering of disruptor fire in a wide range. Um, so, um, he, he, he leans in close, um, and, uh, and just <laughs> says, um, you know, I like to tinker as it were, and I've been itching to get my hands on upgrading your friend, mine, you know, that beautiful gun. So I'll tell you what, you cure my boredom and I get to work on the gun. I wanna see what's inside of it. That's my specialty. I you, make things better. You wanna touch Guz's gun? Yes, and I need a sort of mediator 
All right. At that point, we're going to call for the roll. Okay. So this is going to be a contested roll. I need to be in on it. First of all, I I just want to let you know that a certain... I just want to let you know that a certain Tellarite engineer would be very proud of you right now. Um, and so uh, would a, so would a certain dwarf barbarian. I don't so, know why I became, I got an accent halfway through it. But. I know, and, 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 and on my screen, your face froze on you doing the perfect pirate expression. We're all taking pictures. Excellent. Yeah, Gina froze. Oh, yeah, and I'm getting is that, is that? <laughs> Rave sent me a photo. <laughs> oh man. Freezing on the best thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Some eyebrows. So, I'm gonna have you make a. A pre- this is going to be a presence command roll. Um, and, oh man, <laughs> let me pull up our stats here for Taraz. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Go ahead, and it's the difficulty of this is one. It's a contested check. Make your roll. It's going to be against his reason and security. Oh, no, he'll, he'll, he'll be reason and command, I think. No, I'm sorry. It should be his insight and command. Okay. Okay. What, and what on earth am I rolling? You're going to be rolling your presence command. Presence command. Fuck. Okay. Yep. All right, here we go. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I mean, you can roll. Go ahead. Okay. Um, take, take momentum, Gina. Uh, take momentum. Oh, I'm, I'm, de- I'm definitely taking momentum. How much is? How much are we at? We have uh, we're at four. We're at four. Yeah. Oh, we're only at four. Never mind. Oh, uh, I'm taking. I'm gonna buy two die. And, okay. Um, okay. I have no idea if this will be enough. Um, yeah, Eric's making faces. I I know, I can't tell if they're good faces or not. I'm laughing at my role. You never can. <laughs> I know, you're laughing at it because it's good or bad. I, I It's true, because I laugh at both of them. I'm as much of a spectator as, as our audience is sometimes. <laughs> okay, do I burn my determination now? Being in, I think, honestly, at this point, I think blowing my cover is more detrimental to the captain. The intention is to get through this without showing the captain's hand. Okay. Considering he just said he was being above board. He's going to, I mean, above board by all means. If Mm -hmm. whoever this person is, Lee, wants to run, he is willing to betray the captain. However, if not, he's still, he, he is a good guy in the middle at this point. He's definitely giving you the impression anyway. he's on the level, yeah. He's on the level, but he can teeter against us, sort of in loyalty of someone else, which is not a strike against their character in my book. And, and, However, and, and that, kind of, that also kind of swings pretty violently in one direction, too, um, XEO, because the truth yeah. is, if he has to betray the captain, he won't hesitate to kill everybody in his way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, uh, but but I'm not really caring about that. My my intention is not not showing the captain's hand. 
Right, um, okay. So I'm gonna burn my value. Um, and uh, <laughs> I mean, so a lot of these can, can I can explain them. Trust my expertise, my limit does not exist. Um, process over product, this is a very weird process to get a very strange product. You also have the directive itself. And I do have the directive itself. You can call upon the directive here. Okay. Because you've been given an order. So you can totally do that. I I have. Yes. Okay. I uh, I believe the order was fine. Go do it. Yeah. Fine. Go do it. (laughs) But the order was essentially uncover, you know, gather intelligence and uncover the location. Yeah. Get the location and also keep him corralled as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And him fleeing with Lee is against that order. So, so what are you going to um, do? Yeah. So burning that gonna, success. So are you about to reveal yourself to him? Is that what's about to happen? Are you going to go XEO? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. okay. Because this, if, if he says no, he might see through my disguise. Gotcha. Okay. So um, this is essentially guaranteeing he won't, in my eyes, guaranteeing he won't see through this very silly ruse. Okay. Um, okay. And... For first officer, my scholars and knaves. Go ahead and make that roll. Are there any focus... Can I use um, adaptable personality as my... Uh, adaptable yeah. personality route Absolutely, as, because uh, you were totally masquerading as somebody right now. That would totally apply, yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. Okay. Seven successes. I rolled two 18s, so I failed. (laughs) (gasps) That maxes us out on momentum. I rolled two 18s. I rolled two 20s and two 18s in this game. I don't know what's going on, but the blue science dice from Star Trek Adventures are playing havoc with the GM tonight. Um, Honk. So... Minus one, so you gain six momentum. Because <laughs> you beat the difficulty. Um, so he regards you for a long moment and just says, All right, I'll tell you what. I need more than just two people on the inside with me. And if you think you're ready to step up and do some more legwork, as it were. He stands up, beats his chest. Some shit's about to go down. Take a seat. Sits back down. I'm going to give you the quick insight as to what's happening. You remember a few years ago when that changeling broke a few of us out of slavery? We were able to get away from all of this? Stead up yeah. on the back here. Well, apparently the Dominions come looking for them. Now they're gonna take Lee. They're gonna try. The Federation is involved somehow. I don't know what's going on specifically. Federation. Yeah, there's a Federation starship in orbit right now. I thought that was a rumor. No, it's happening. Okay. 
If they try to take Lee, we're going to have to abandon this place. The moment that happens, we're going to lose control of everything. But we have to choose between this place and Lee, and I'm going to choose Lee. Not everyone's going to be on board with that. So here's what I'm telling you. Brimick, if you want in, if you really want in, and if you want to make something of yourself instead of living here under the control of Knull and his murderous bastard lieutenants, if you swear you won't say anything to anybody else, I'll let you in. You can come with us. And maybe we can put some of that engineering talent of yours to work. On the other hand, if you decide to go blabber this or I find out someone else has said anything, I will watch Guz eat you alive. I will watch your shoulders fold and snap into a single column of meat as he swallows you whole. Do you understand? I have no intention of becoming a meal. Good. Sprack has gone to find Lee and tell them what's going on. And we're going to wait to hear back. If Lee wants to do something, we're going to go by what they say. Either way, in the next 48 hours, everything in this place is going to change, for better or worse. Now you're on the inside. A lot more fun. So, as of right now, you're one of my guys. So stick close to me, and I'll let you know what else is going on. And, Brimick, you know I try my best to be nice. I, I will absolutely do horrible things to you if you fuck with me. You understand that, right? Why do you think I like you so much? You show it like it is. All right. Go finish your food. I'll let you know in the next half hour what's going on. Got it. Don't approach Sprack or Guz. They don't know about you yet. I'll let you in, okay? Okay. All right. Hey, by the way, thanks for checking on me. You had one of those faces. No <laughs> one's left, left alone when they have one of those faces. I'm yeah. going, I'm going. All right, you move, I'm leaving the go, room. I'm going to go neutralize. I'm going to go find the real Brimick and make sure he does not come out of a brew closet. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go Tenchu stealth assassins on poor Brimick. <laughs> assassins not Creed so much, just, in a non-lethal way. maybe... Maybe sort of move his details somewhere very far away, or... <laughs> We're not going to have a Terminator 2 moment where he turns around from the vending machine and sees himself and then just dies horribly. <laughs> I'm not going to kill him! <laughs> Exio is like, I'm sorry. Take him out of the equation. <laughs> okay, tell you what. Who has ever suffered from a couple hours in a broom closet, I ask you? It's true. Um... The real Bremick, as you know, is, even for a Tellarite, is a little more ornery than normal and is not very popular with the people around him. Um, in other words, it's not difficult to find a, a moment where he's not surrounded by people. Um, 
just because this is honkitude to the max, I want to play out the removal of Bremick from the equation. Okay. Okay. So we are in. We are now. You'll be happy to know that I'm completely okay. out of threat right now. So I will give Thank you. Thank God. I will give you that. We are out of threat, so I can't call in reinforcements. I can't throw complications at you. Right now, the GM has no ammunition to level at you. So we if you're going to do this, you can do right moment to do it. Um, Bremick, um, I am going to ask you, however, if you want to find a, a place and a time that's perfect to take him out, I'm going to ask you to create advantage here. Done. Okay, so that's two momentum. And you're down to four, so you're fine. And you're about to get that momentum back, I suspect, because Exio, you come across this Tellarite eating something slimy. You're not sure exactly what it is. From the, from the looks of it, it had tentacles as he slurps it down his mouth. And he's humming to himself as he's looking through this rather chunky-looking data pad. It looks like this blocky, like, old data pad. And he's just, like, humming away. It's in a darkened area. Since you created advantage... It's it's a it's a cinematic moment where he's in a darkened area, not near anybody at this particular moment. Just kind of, mm-hmm. who did this math? This is stupid. Eh. Typing away. You approach him from behind. What would you like to do? <laughs> oh, God. Uh. Well, I mean, this this is sort of a. Gosh. Stone Cold Stunner. This is what would Saul yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, just flick him off, uh, kick him I in the guess... groin, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, can I uh, can I sort of uh, 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 an equivalent Vulcan neck pinch, sort of like just make them go to sleep? I mean, you can you can definitely attempt. <laughs> Because I, I mean, I've, I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm quite skilled medically. I, I, I do know body pressure points for relaxation and things like that. Maybe like, I, sort of, stop. I mean, honestly, <laughs> an issue. I mean, honestly, I'm trying honestly, to do this without like bashing a thing over his head. Like, in totally, in total honesty, a sleeper hold is not yeah. exactly like a secret martial arts move. It's really just okay, putting your arm around as, somebody's as neck and squeezing the, so blood doesn't get to the brain. Violent, yeah, the least violent way that I can do this. Okay. I'm not trying to mess up someone's day for <laughs> a long time. You're not going to bench press just, him and then slam him into the floor. You're not going to Zangief this guy. No. You're just going to... Okay. I'm just going through all of my fictional characters that I just want to see <laughs> Exio just like gently creep up on this guy and then just hey, on Ultimate Warrior press him and then slam him into the ground. <laughs> this is okay. my wrestling move. Oh. <laughs> okay, so go ahead and make, this is gonna be your daring security check, but the difficulty, because you've created advantage, the difficulty of this is going to be zero. Okay. So, <laughs> I just want to say that I glanced into chat real quick and I'm seeing people scream, give him the chair. You need to get out of this. <laughs> we are a bad influence upon the Ox crew. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> one. Right. one. One success is all you needed. All right, so then you are going to roll your, you are going to roll your damage. Um, that is your unarmed damage. Do you have that on your character sheet? Uh, two. Two. Okay, so plus now you're gonna. It's two. Let's see. What is your security rating? Two. Okay, that's why. So it actually be. I think it should be three, right? Isn't it one plus security? I don't know. I'm not sure. Under my weapons, it says unarmed strike two. Okay, well then it's two, but um, yeah. I assume that's something to do with maybe my physical form. Um, here's, here's the thing, though. This is not going to be damage applied straight to his stress. You're going for a sleeper hold. Yeah. So, so um. Oh, can we do the thing instead of damage? Like, there's there's that option, right? Yeah. You succeed, and then there's like a grapple or a disarm or a sleeper. Yes. Hold. I mean, so first of all, this is a minor NPC. And yeah. and you're basically you, you're basically captain you're basically Captain Kirking this guy, so um, your arm <laughs> starts pounding against your arm. It's basically locked in there, and after a few moments, <laughs> and his head just kind of tips forward, and he slumps. His full body weight slumps into your arms as he goes to sleep. Um, lay his body very gently back on where he was. Um, and he's just where? Where is he? Where are we? Again, like you're in sort of a cargo slums. bay. Yeah, cargo bay. Okay. Um, I sort of put the I, I lay him back down and just sort of shoosh, and uh, I put the lid of what he was eating back on his food so that it stays warm for when he <laughs> reawakes and has a headache and is inevitably hungry. And um, and then as I leave this like cave of cargo, I sort of push, clo close the circle so that he's got like a little cargo cave to take a nap in. You would be the most polite member of the assassins in Assassin's Creed. You would just be like so generous <laughs> to every Templar you came across. Um, you leave that cargo bay and he is, you just, it takes a few moments and eventually you hear as he goes into a deep rest, <laughs> slipped into unconsciousness. Um, you move out of the cargo bay. He is out. Great. Yep. I have uh, exactly 15 more minutes before I'm going to be summoned by Therese. We can do a, a quick jump. That so, was just me as Exio keeping times. Ah, yeah. So 15 minutes does pass. You get a chirp on your communicator, this blocky communicator that's on your belt, which I'm assuming you, you've you also taken off I of. stole from his body. Yeah. yeah. I just assume that Anything you probably took any relevant equipment. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mine's um, not real, so. Right. So when you show up, to the area where Taraz is meeting, you see there's a bunch of Orions have gathered. A lot of uh, what looks like a lot of women are gathered around him. They're all suited up. Um, a few of them have disruptor uh, like rifles strapped across their back. A few of them look like they're Klingon disruptor rifles. Lots of contraband weapons here. And he's talking to a bunch of them and he says, don't worry. The worst case comes, we're all going to get out of here, okay? I promise you. 
We've got a few exit routes. There's a Federation starship in orbit. If we play our cards right, we can take care of Kanal and finally take this place over for ourselves. If the worst come to pass, we have an exit strategy for everyone. But with Kanal finds out what happened to his two raiders up in orbit, he's going to start making moves on us. He's probably going to think this had something to do with us. So I want everybody prepared, all right? Go to your stations and see to it. And kill anybody you don't recognize coming into the area. Understood? You see a lot of them start nodding. Um, they all start dispersing at that point. Um, an Orion male comes up to him. This one looks like he has scars across his neck, across his chest. In Exio, it's easy to tell that this is from what looks like an energy whip of some kind, just scarring all over his body. And he says, he approaches and says, what do you want us to do if the Federation shows up again? He just says, don't open fire, just let me know. We're still talking to them. So far as we know, they're still on our side, so long as we've got something of value. The Orion nods and leaves, and he turns and looks at you and says, all right, follow me. A lot of you move down a darkened corridor, and at the end of the corridor, it looks like double doors to a, an elevator shaft of some kind. And as you reach these double doors, um, you see Sprack is standing there just kind of looking around a little nervous. Um, Guz joins all of you. You can hear him behind you just and you hear the distinct guttural sounds of a Gorn speaking his native language to Taraz. And Taraz, you understand exactly what he's saying, Exio. Um, basically straight up asking Taraz, who the fuck is this? <laughs> Taraz just says, he's with me, don't worry about it. He's going to be backing us up. Guz uh, puts his large claw hand on your shoulder and turns you around slowly, and Taraz stops and stares at him, and this Gorn, in his monstrous height, leans down and looks you in the eyes through these ocular like lenses that are sort of segmented and hexagonal. But you can see this ruddy, dull reflection of yourself in the optical lenses. And he looks you over, Exio, and you hear him say, He's not alive. And Taraz says, what is that supposed to mean? And the Gorn leans back and says, He's not alive. And Taraz slowly looks over at you and says, What does he mean by that? <laughs> well, Tellerite answers 
and just, uh, but with a slightly less gruff voice. Mm -hmm. uh, they're changing their tone enough to let Taraz know that they are not who they say they are without spooking the entire mob in front of them. Okay. Uh, and, um, and just says, uh, <sighs> trying to think of, um, is specific, okay, is specifically talking to Taraz now, is, is ignoring the Gorn, um, for the, for the, because Taraz is, is in control of said Gorn, at least in, in practice. So, um, looks at Taraz and just says, um, um, it's probably because I smell different today. A lot to do with maybe your meeting earlier. <laughs> I'm sure you remember, Taraz. <laughs> he stares at you for a long moment. I'm going to need you to make a roll. And he's going to have to make a roll, okay. too. Um, so it's going to be the same as before. Take all the momentum, Dina. All the momentum. <laughs> this this it reminds me of that great quote from the movie Spies Like Us. If you ever get caught, the three tenants, uh -huh. act surprised, express concern, deny everything. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. We have enough momentum for, like, plenty of dice. You can take more than yeah. one. Yeah. OK, yeah, this is, this, is a, this is a clutch roll moment. It's to see, this is literally to see if he registers what's going on here and if he and how he receives it. Please, so, just yeah. one, don't be stupid sexy. Be smart sexy. So go ahead and make, it's a difficulty one, and it's going to be a versus roll again. I don't have any threat to yeah. spend here, so uh, here we go. What am I rolling again? Is it still um Actually, that's a good point. Or... Actually No, Staring? I won't do that. Staring? I won't do that. What? Um the rules say that in certain situations that the GM can award themselves threat if a certain character enters the scene or if a certain situation happens, but it seems self-defeating because I was the one that initiated this particular story arc. So I'm not going to award myself threat. Instead, we're just gonna do a straight roll with no threat. And this is gonna be against his um, insight and command roll with the difficulty of one. Sorry, what am I rolling? You're going to be rolling your presence uh, command roll. Presence command again. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Come on, Jeannie. You got this. Okay. Uh, can I buy some dye? <laughs> How many am I allowed to buy? We have enough for you to buy two. I would like to buy two. Good. Okay. Um, and can I use my command? Uh, extension and uh, uh, um, my command focus instead of my adaptable personality since I'm trying to convey who I am cautiously. I mean, command is not so much of a subtlety. Using your command focus would be like authoritarian or confidence, okay. or, you know what I mean? Then body language, 
so as to because uh, I am changing the way I'm being body, a little so that he can detect who I am. Body language would work if you're trying to communicate to him like, cool. dude, I ain't a threat. I'm just letting you know this is what's going on. Yes. Yeah. Cool. There's so much suspense with a frozen frame. I have no idea how well or bad you rolled. <laughs> I rolled not great. Uh, two successes. You beat him. Oh! I rolled, I rolled a 16 and an 8. Thank you for rolling like butts today, Eric Campbell. We appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. I don't know what to tell you guys. Um, Thank you. You see... He stares at you for a moment, and this look of disbelief as he kind of eyeballs you for a second. And then he says, Guz, go up ahead and meet with Sprack. Tell him I'll be right there. Want me to kill? No, 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 no. Just go meet with Sprack. I'll be right back. Hmm. You may not be alive, but I can still eat you. Hmm. And he... And thuds away and he watches him go and then you see as as Taraz watches him go his eyes slowly turn back to you and he goes you're in a very dangerous position right now and I don't like being made a fool of and I already told you what happens to you if you fucked with me so it's time to come clean and it's your only shot who the fuck are you I walk cautiously to him and I use my voice. We've met before, actually. Oh, that is so weird. How do you do that? I think you'd... I think you'd be used to it, being friends with a changeling. You see his face darken for a second. So you heard all of it. My intention was not to fool you. My job is intelligence gathering. So I'm merely here to... Exactly as I intend to. I'm aiding in this mission. I gave you my word. I agree with you. Above board, full hand. I have no intention of tricking you. The Dominion and the Vorta are not my friend. I intend to see this through, and I do believe we have been tricked. I intend to find out why. My captain deserves better. Sure, what the hell. And abruptly, he turns and starts walking back down the hallway. This expression, you being able to read people, Exio, the expression on Taraz's face would indicate that he seems aware that he have, he's passed a point where now the ball is in play and he just wants to see where it lands. So at this point, like you've shown your cards Likewise. and he's like, fuck it. And then he stops and goes, what happened to Bremick? Um, back in Bremick's voice, I decided to take a nap. Not a permanent. Just a short nap. one. No, just a full lunch break. 
All right. All of you begin to get into the elevator, and Sprack just goes, everything okay? And Traz looks at you, Exio, and says, yeah. Yeah, I think everything's going to be just fine. And the elevator begins to descend. It descends deeper and deeper into the crust of this planet. It goes down what you would estimate, Exio, a good 600 to 800, maybe 650, 650, 650 feet before it reaches a shaft at the below and comes to a dead stop. Just you see this darkened corridor. The temperature drops dramatically down here. And you can feel this cool, you can detect the, the temperature down here has already dropped dramatically. You can see Taraz's breath as he opens up the door to this elevator. And he steps inside. And the moment he steps inside to the corridor, the temperature changes again to a very comfortable temperature. Um, as these heating lamps that are just lining this darkened corridor of this cave-like corridor um, immediately cause the environmental system, it, it creates a comfortable environment. And uh, as you all are walking, you can just hear the, your own the, the breathing of the people around you and the heavy footsteps of Guz echoing off the walls as you enter into this large room where you can hear splashing of water. As you turn a corner, you enter what looks like you've stepped through an antechamber and you enter what looks like a very large living space of some kind where you see two things you see what looks like up on an incline, a waterfall that is gathering into a pool. Surrounding that waterfall are a bunch of blankets and candles and whatnot that have been laid out. Um, there's all sorts of like beds and cots set up around here. But what shocks you is you see 20 or 30 Orion children all in the area that are staring at all of you surprised shouting with glee as they see Taraz enter the area. They run up to him. You see them run up to Guz as well as a few of these kids come charging over. Um, Taraz doesn't say anything. He just kind of gives a small smirk as he's patting them on the shoulder. And at the other end of the corridor, what looked like a large statue where kids gather around, you see suddenly go and begin to turn into this amber-like column of liquid. And it reforms into what looks like uh, a female presenting Orion. She stands about six feet tall and is wearing this sort of ceremonial like shoulder plates that look like they're made of gold kind of spiraling off to the side and a tunic, a very modest looking tunic that buttons all the way up to what looks like a tall collar around underneath her chin. She looks very regal long dark green hair that's just flowing and cascades down her back she takes a few steps down and approaches and as she walks up she says there must be trouble if you're here sprack gave me some of the news yeah sprack was right the federation's here in fact they're right there and he points right at you exio The changeling slowly glances down at you. All right. Who are you? 
how do you do? And um, change back into myself. As you reform back into yourself, you see her crane back for a second as you resume your normal height, your normal shape, your Starfleet uniform. You see Sprack go, ah, ah, it's, 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 it's the woman from, from the meeting. And, and Guz goes, I don't get it. Thought there was only one changeling. Um, she looks you up and down for a second and she just says, huh, wow. That's impressive, I admit. I never thought I was ever going to meet Redgrave's creation. And that is where we are going to stop tonight's episode. Excuse, excuse me? Roll for composure. <laughs> excuse me? That's the title of the episode, I think. Excuse me? <laughs> That'll do it for tonight's episode of Clear Skies, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. This was part five of Farther From Home. Join us next Monday night for part six and what might be the final chapter of this episode. Um, tomorrow, don't forget to join our friends and stream punks Aki and Sam Delev as they are going to be streaming and interviewing one of my all-time favorite tabletop creators, Shana Germain, the creator of Predation. And co co was she co creator of uh, co editor co editor editor and editor yeah and one of the nicest damn people in the galaxy um, I can I can tell you that she's wonderful people um, thank you so much for joining us we will catch you next time until then hailing frequencies are closed. <laughs>